By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know who God is. I'm going to miss you, Bond. Oh, man, look, let me tell you something. Don't be chit-chatting with these people, man. They're not your buddies. They're your hostages. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah, I know, but then every time you tell somebody to get on the floor or be quiet, they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, even me, Pip? I thought we had something going. You know, you got to scare these people. Mm-hmm. Practice, practice. Just try, try. I just feel a little goofy, you know, trying Why? to be a badass with a water pistol. They don't know it's a water pistol. They think it's real, right? Come on, now show me what you got. Come on. Okay, get over there, please. Thank you. What are you, a crack baby? Give me that. I got it. I, give me, give right, me. All right. I'll show you. All right. All right. Hey, you! You shut your mouth, you chicken-sucking bastard! I'll stab your eyeballs out and piss all over your brain! It's gonna be a slaughterhouse in here! Dead bodies flying through the air like freaking rag dolls on fire! Against the wall. Come on, tough, tough. Seriously, move it. I'm not scared. To, come on. I'm gonna stab your heads off. With what? With what? With my dick. Yeah. Yeah. And blood's gonna come out of your head. There's nothing you can do about it. Cause I'm a madman. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it kind of hurt my throat. <laughs> Welcome to. By the time you hear this podcast. <laughs> I'm Greg. I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode number 158. Whoop. Yeah. And I guess I got to manually change this. So that's me on the screen. And then there's Ben. Thank you, everyone, for listening thus far and <laughs> downloading and all that good stuff. So, uh,. You can read the show description and know where to find this podcast. I've tried to shorten the intro as much as I possibly can. And uh, today we have guests, plural guests. Um, I'll introduce the one who's been here before, uh, live from uh, parts unknown in Orange County. I, I don't. I don't know where he is. We have. <laughs> <laughs> we have Matt G. What's going on, man? What's up? And making his first ever appearance. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was at Ben's wedding. Uh, I got married. <laughs> and also before Ben's concussion, <laughs> we have Kevin. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Thank you for having me. So uh, what we normally do here, Kevin, uh, since it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast. I can't expect anyone ever has. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about some uh, some music news. Um, even though we've been off for almost two weeks. Uh, well... I mean, the two only only happened. two two major things are are only worth talking about, yeah. I guess. Uh, for that we care episode. about. That we care, you know. Yeah. Um. So, first we'll get to um, a guy named Robert Kelly. Um, has Robert. been <laughs> found guilty on multiple charges of uh, racketeering and sex trafficking. They they had racketeering in there. Racketeering. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So. Um, huh, didn't know that. 
he is facing life in prison, essentially. Um, someone did say a hundred years. I don't know if that's right, but it is possible. Like they don't want to say life, so they'll just give you an actual number, <laughs> <laughs> just to show you ain't the never rest getting of out his life. <laughs> um, so uh, he was found guilty. Um, some people have had mixed reactions. <clears throat> um, some people say they're still going to listen to his music, like Ben, and some people <laughs> say that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> some people want to find other, um, uh, try to pass the blame off yeah. to other people. Like, well, where were the parents? Like, or, I mean, okay. Yeah. You can ask that, but I'm sure they didn't send their daughters and I guess sons uh, to R. <laughs> Kelly's house for, uh, to, to be abused and locked in rooms yeah. for days or weeks at a time. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll start with our, our newest guest, Kevin. Um, any, any thoughts about the conviction? Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been a long time coming, obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, we've heard about this stuff for decades and it kind of uh, amazes you that it, it, it's taken this long to play out. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> something that like we've heard about, like going back to well, at least for me in um, middle school, hearing about R. Kelly. Did he actually marry Aaliyah? Yeah, you know, and it seemed like he just kept getting away with things <laughs> for like the last twenty five years, yeah. <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. And nothing really changed. Um, yeah. So he's a lot of people's meal ticket. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like before we start recording, I know you were talking about the the documentary. We did an episode about that about three years ago, I think. Yeah. And um, the <clears throat> the backup singer, the the male backup singer that was interviewed at what we think was Apache Cafe. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I think he got fired because he noticed what was going on and everyone else was shutting up. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, what do you, what do you think of what's transpired with Robert Kelly? I'm kind of on the same boat. Like (laughs) I, I didn't know that he wasn't already in jail, to be honest. For some reason, I thought he'd been in jail for something. He'd been in jail for like a year and a half at least. Uh, but okay, a, while awaiting trial, but he wasn't he wasn't being allowed out on. Um, basically, it was like shortly after that interview with Gail King, uh, he went to jail. <laughs> so, okay, because yeah. yeah, the other day when it, I guess it got announced, Zach, I was sitting on the couch and Zach's like, "Oh, R. Kelly got convicted." I was like, "Wait, <laughs> I thought he was already <laughs> like I thought it already got hap- already happened." So, but yeah, like you said, man, it's been a long time coming. I'm, I don't. <clears throat> I don't know. There's a whole lot behind him that I never understood and knew about until I think probably Ben was telling me about some of it. Like I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, I, the whole, the whole thing is it's a tragedy to me because so many people got, so many people got hurt along with, R. Kelly himself, like he he did this to himself, and there was no one there to stop him. Um, like we had we had an episode 
we had a because five list of unchecked geniuses. This is a different kind of unchecked genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was on either of our lists. I don't remember. But this was definitely someone who went unchecked for years. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, I had to come to you last, Ben, about this. <laughs> uh, you said you will still listen to R. Kelly. So, I know a lot of people who still will. Yeah. You know, they want to set the mood or whatever. I'm not going to do that to set the mood, no. That's, a, that's the wrong type of mood. Um, no, I mean, so... I mean, throughout history, and this isn't in any way, you know, because one thing that actually made me very upset was when D.L. Hughley um, was like, when are we going to get surviving the Catholic Church? And like, I'm like, bro, that's been made like a hundred times. Like everyone has knows what the Catholic Church is doing. And but nothing's has, changed with that. Yeah. And that's what's sad. Like people are going. This was, of course, we had the this the, a couple of years ago. With yeah. this before or after the movie Spotlight? This was after. This was a couple of years ago, back when Surviving R. Kelly came out. Um, he was like, when are we going to get surviving the Catholic Church? And it's just like, there's no one is better or worse for what they've done. Um, the reason I will still listen to his music is just because um, you'd be hard pressed to find any a lot of people in music who are completely clean. Um, in just in the history of music, period. So we'd have to stop listening to a lot of stuff if we did it that way. Um, I separate the artist. I mean, hell, maybe I start pirating his music to make sure he doesn't get any sort of proceeds <laughs> if that's the case. But um I agree with everyone else. This is a long time coming and um what I do wonder about is what something very profound that Bill Burr said about uh Paula Dean, hundred million dollar whale, you know. You're <laughs> basically just sitting there on the beach. Yeah, you're just sitting there on the beach mm. because you can make somebody a hundred million dollars. Cause like you have the thing where all the people get outraged, like oh, what kind of a person, all that crap, <laughs> and then you just sit there, you wait for that phone call because you can make someone a hundred million dollars. You know, R. Kelly is not that old. <laughs> R. Kelly could have a comeback album. He could have a comeback tour if somebody's willing to touch that. So I do wonder. He got to get out first. Yeah. Touche. Touche. <laughs> But He's I just, almost fifty five, I think. But I just I wonder at what point does somebody try to capitalize off of his his legacy again? You know, um, especially when he dies. I I'm almost willing to bet. You know, when he dies, kind of like what we saw with Prince and Michael Jackson, that's when the real exploitation will come out. You'll really start to see people exploit his legacy and his memory oh man if anybody if these chicago sports teams start having r kelly theme nights it's gonna someone's gonna do it it just depends on you know you'll have that boardroom sitting there doing a risk analysis like how much blowback we gonna get from this what wait what would be the giveaway at an r kelly theme night at like a bulls game keep it clean well actually don't actually don't don't keep it clean uh, what urinal cakes? What, what, what do we? You said water guns. <laughs> what? <laughs> With lemonade in them. Apple juice. Um, uh, I don't. I mean, that's my thought. But yeah, that is true. If he's in, if he's in jail for the rest of his life, there's really no chance for a comeback. Um, but I guess what annoys me though is 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 um the people who are acting like the folks in that Boondocks episode, like he didn't do nothing wrong. Yeah, that's I, what annoys me. But and, and I guess in in now, like uh, aside from that episode, what people are doing now are trying to bring up other people who have um, done things with underage yeah. people. Um, Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler, Jimmy Page, yeah. 
Elvis Presley, um, Jerry, Lewis. Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Anthony Kiedis. He fucking admits yeah. to it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why has no one ever talked about that? <laughs> I still don't get it. He <laughs> straight up is like, Burris, yeah, I was man. in love with that girl. She was like 16. You can be the Hannibal oh, Burris, man. You can you can go on stage and say it. And, <laughs> and now there's a, a story that um, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith uh, messed around with. Uh, I think they said Chris Kelly, so I'm thinking one of the kids from Crisscross. Hold on, in the '90s? In the '90s? No back in way! The 90s, when he, he was like 14 or 15. Oh wow. my god! No way! This was pro- well, so this would have been around the time she was making. Um, would this have been around the time of Set It Off, or was that that was too late? No, uh, what was she, she was probably that? like still making a different world. At okay, the time. okay. Holy crap! So maybe like two years before Set It Off. Oh my god! <laughs> I was wondering why she wow. was in the news. I thought it was just for the Brazilian butt lift that her and Willow want to get. But <laughs> what the hell? So that's why someone said, "Imagine her, imagine Will Smith messing around with one of Willow's friends." <laughs> like yeah. how people would have been going crazy. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So <laughs> Jada might have a problem, dude. Like she might <laughs> like she might have an issue. <laughs> someone did say like uh someone posted on Twitter, uh Jada gets on the internet every three to four weeks to tell us uh how much Will isn't her type. <laughs> is it, at this point is what Jada it was like Jada Shakur Smith Jada Shakur, Alcina, Alcina. <laughs> all the guys like just oh god kind of makes you wonder though like if Tupac didn't die <laughs> would she have would she have been Jada Pinkett Shakur maybe and we'd have um, we wouldn't have Willow and Jaden Smith it'd be Jaden Shakur <laughs> They might not be named Jaden or or Willow. They'd be named after um, a Black Panther or something. Something like that. Yeah. Stokely. Stokely Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd probably be a better rapper. <laughs> Huey P. Shakur. Huey P. Shakur. <laughs> I could see that. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not going to say good luck. No, I hope, hope he rocks, or, honestly. Uh, there's going to be an appeal, and some people think he'll win the appeal. Oh, I don't know based on what. I don't know, but some people are, are hoping for that. Y'all can hope, and if I know who you are, I'll know who to stay away from. Yeah. Um, so um, the Super Bowl halftime show has been announced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was at least eight, nine years ago hearing um if anyone's a fan of Bomani Jones, you know, he talked about with the Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> the best the, the the show that would bring the people together is a G Funk themed uh <laughs> halftime show with Dr. Dre and Snoop and Ice Cube. Uh we we partially got that. Yeah. We partially got that. So for those who haven't seen it yet, um the Super Bowl is gonna be in LA this year at SoFi Stadium. And halftime, it's going to be Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige. Yeah, the Mary J. Blige is, is a little odd. I'll take it. But he but he, yeah. he produced a Family Affair yeah. for Mary J. Blige. So you got to have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've it's, it's, it's basically going to be mostly songs that he produced. 
Yeah, I've seen some folks on Reddit who came up with set lists. I'll see if I can find one. Um, but I know they had like you know the songs that Dre would do, the songs Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, songs that they might do together. Um, I know they said like they probably throw in like Good Kid, Mad City, which I was like that seems like I would do swimming pools before I did that one. But something to to keep the energy up. I think Kendrick's gonna do Humble. Like yeah, it could be anything. That's, that's the big one. That's <laughs> it, the big. It one. doesn't have to be like all produced by Dr. Dre, but you Kendrick is associated with Dr. Dre and he's LA also. Mm-hmm. So this is this is definitely a West the West Coast themed halftime show that we should have gotten Atlanta. Atlanta did not get. Yeah, we should have gotten that down here. We got <laughs> Big Boy for 5 seconds. <laughs> but anyway. Uh so um did you find the the possible set list? I'm about to peruse real quick. It's, it was on the Popheads um, subreddit. I feel like it. Like Kendrick's going to do "Humble" and Mary J. Blige's going to do "Family Affair." They're going to do do uh, "Nothing But a G Thing." Uh, I think someone had still DRE on there too. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll do it. Or the next episode. Well, they said like a they med- might start yeah. with that. Do a medley of them and like yeah, you know, go one into another. Um, Eminem. <laughs> I I feel like. If if he had to do my name is he'll just be we'll see the cringe on his face the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> and or or um what was the other one? the real slim shady I don't know if Drake produced that one I think he did I think he produced all of those singles yeah if he had to do any of those mm-hmm. we just see the cringe any other suggestions <laughs> all right so I found the yeah this one was this was the most upvoted set list that they could possibly do. Um, they said first would be the still still DRE intro, nothing but a G thing, slash the next episode medley with Dre and Snoop, <clears throat> Family Affair with Mary J and Dr. Dre, Forgot About Dre, Dr. Dre and Eminem, <laughs> and here it comes, My Name Is, slash the real, the real Slim Shady, mm-hmm. um, together Eminem and Dre, then number six, this would be the showstopper right here, Lose Yourself. That, <laughs> that, that'd be the showstopper. Humble. Slash new song because I guess they think he's coming out with a new song. Z has he announced a new record or something? Well, he's had the. Uh, <laughs> if you've heard the memes where someone's just saying "top of the morning," "top of the morning," "top mm-hmm. of the morning," "top of the morning," you know? No, I've never heard that. that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a song with his uh, his cousin, Baby King. Um, he's he's been on two of his songs, but that that's about it. That's all the oh, okay. new stuff. Um, yeah, they just put new song. They didn't specify. Then they said Mad City. They said, I don't know how they do this, but I guess maybe it's a tribute. Changes as an interlude. No. So I don't know if they bring out hmm. like a hologram of Tupac. I don't know. Oh, no. God. <laughs> I hope not. Well, they'll just actually bring him out. 2021 is <laughs> the year. He's, he he's alive. He's actually alive. <laughs> 25 years later. So then if they, if they were going back to um, to Tennessee, you got to bring out Elvis then. Like a, okay, exactly. Then it says you end with California love. Oh, they can end with California love. They don't have to have the Tupac interlude. I think that, I mean. If they, if they had an cheesy. interlude, it would be something NWA related. Like it might be like straight out of Compton and then a special appearance from Ice Cube. Is this where we find out that Easy E is alive? Because <laughs> 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 all these guys come back. DJ Ren shows up too. He just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be funny. And then Suge Knight just appears at the fifty-yard line 
and everyone stops. With a knife in his hand. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. No, he well, he would be in a car because he, he ran over some people. That's why he's Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um But yeah, I think yeah, lose yourself I think would definitely be where like everything kinda of, I know he makes fun of himself when he talks about this, but like the lights go down, everything gets serious. <laughs> like he said in that in my band, like everything lights drop down, everything gets serious, the music comes up. And then that that guitar riff starts. I if you I I would totally do that in the Super Bowl. That is a moment that we've been waiting for in the Super Bowl. I think since that song came out, just how like intense that song is. But that's just my thought. That's how I would do it. NFL, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> what what do you think there? What what could you think of any surprises, Kevin? That might that might come up. I hadn't thought of it set? before. <laughs> But Ben just touched on it was the uh, the two pack hologram. Uh, you know they've already got that queued up from Coachella. That's saved in a hard drive somewhere. They just gotta yeah. press the button. <laughs> Somebody's turning it on. <laughs> it's probably like in a warehouse across the street from the stadium. They're just waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, uh, what what do you think? Um, any surprises you think might um, also come up in the set? Maybe some free spaghetti for the crowd? I don't know. <laughs> From the restaurant mom spaghetti? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Funny, I didn't even think about the, the Tupac hologram. That would be absolutely hilarious if that happened. But um, no, I don't know. I, if it's not a Tupac guys... hologram, I, I would... I would actually be surprised if there isn't a hologram. If it's not Tupac, then you know it could be Easy E. Easy E one exists. Yeah, <laughs> they might be it. cooking it up. They might mm-hmm. be making it. <laughs> <laughs> they could uh, always yeah. body double it with and to record it. Yeah, I think a special edition, um, uh, like a special cameo that they're they're going to keep under wraps as long <laughs> as they can. I guess. I feel like Ice Cube's got to be a part of this. I could see that. I could. Um, yeah. Maybe MC Ren, but then like a lot of people probably won't recognize him. Mm-hmm. That be just because they just don't, they don't know. I who watched that an is. interview with him. And I didn't <laughs> realize it was him. Um, another <laughs> possible cameo: uh, Scott Storch. I feel like if they bury the hatchet and he's clean or at least sober for the moment, um, he'll play the the intro to. That to would be cool. Just have still him play DRE. It. He'll he'll play that. And or that that could start the set. Yeah. There, wasn't there a video of him like he was playing the piano? Yeah, he's playing all of his hits. And then it just and then it you know then he started playing like those songs that yeah. he that he technically wrote. Uh, but I don't think he gets the producer credit that he should no. <laughs> for those songs because he was high. He <laughs> <laughs> was too high. <laughs> um. So let's get to the charts before we get to. Ben's earworm of the week. Like I said, not a lot um, was worth talking about. Oh, we forgot one thing. Mark Hoppus. Oh. oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So we talked about, uh, I think we talked, we mentioned a few episodes ago yeah. that Mark Hoppus was um, getting cancer treatment and he said he announced he is cancer free. Yeah. Yep. So that is definitely some good news. Um, We're happy to hear that for him. I don't see the original lineup for Blake 182 performing together anytime soon. Either Maybe. way, there's been a lot of rumors, but <laughs> that could be the surprise cameo. Blake 182, we, just, we fit <laughs> oh, that God. in there. Them coming out there and playing all the small things. 
<laughs> I don't know how I don't know how to make um but yeah. Yeah. If they um <laughs> well, I don't know if they're going to play the Pro Bowl this year cuz they they didn't last year because of the pandemic. But if they do this year and try to keep everything contained, you know, know what? That's in it's in California. That's too many people. We don't have want players from all the teams. Like like you know, a couple of times they played the Pro Bowl at the same stadium. Oh, as the, the Pro Super Bowl's Bowl. in California this year? I don't think so. I don't oh, okay. even know if they're having it. Oh, okay. If they if they were having it, they might have it in Orlando again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, it, it's not going to be Hawaii anymore because <laughs> um, Hawaii is crazy right now. Well, the stadium is. I don't know when the they players. last upgraded the stadium. Yeah, it's pretty old. Like the college team doesn't even play there anymore. <laughs> I think they made a makeshift stadium uh, to put together, um, but I, I, I was feel that Blink One Eighty Two might play halftime of the Pro Bowl if it were in L.A. I would that would be so, cool as well. So the next Pro Bowl I'm looking at is uh, at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Oh, so it's gonna be in Vegas. Uh, oh, well, they could they could play that. Yeah, yeah, they could. <laughs> or Panic at the. I'm just thinking. I just want everyone to be local. I was about to say Panic at the Disco, but I don't think they would do it. They're from Vegas? Yeah, they're from Vegas. Aren't the Killers from Vegas, too? Yep. The two biggest rock Aww. bands of the early 2000s were from Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Really good doc, Really good YouTube doc on them that some guy put together, because apparently they got signed really early. Like, they just put up a bunch of demos on MySpace. How old are we? And um, <laughs> oh. Pete Wentz heard them. This is before Under the Cork Tree broke. He heard the demos, really liked them. Flew to Vegas and signed them. They had never even played a show. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they never played a show together. Um, Some people, man. Some yeah. people have all the luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never played a show. So, like, I think when they tried to put them out on tour, they had to learn a bunch of songs. They had to learn the songs because they were all so electronic. They had never played them together. <laughs> so they're, just, they're trying to learn so they can go on tour. They go on a, they go on this tour with all of these lesser emo bands. I think one of them was like the Academy Years or something, but they were like smaller emo bands. They were like like you know openers because they're you know they're nobodies. And they said around this time when you know everything was happening, they dropped the album. And he's like, you just started noticing like it was less like emo guys and more girls <laughs> coming to every show. <laughs> and like the next thing you know, it's like you know they'd be pulling them for like you know shows on the side like it like huge ballrooms <laughs> and he's like that's when i just realized it's like yeah they're 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 bigger than us <laughs> it's it's a funny story i'll, I'll share the link but it's it very funny to see but yeah some people have all the luck matt you're totally right uh before we get to <clears throat> ben's era of the week um we'll go over the billboard charts um number one <laughs> this week and it was number one last week i think on our last show, we said it was number one, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stay by The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. I've only heard this song in TikTok, so like 15 yeah. seconds at, of most, at most of the song. <laughs> I don't really care for it. Sorry, uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, Number two, Industry Baby, Lil Nas X, and Jack Harlow. Uh, this is the highest it's uh, been on the charts. And it's been going up and it started off at like seven or eight and then it was like 15 and then it was six and now it's two. You don't really see that. I I, I know the album came out, but does that mean, is that what helped it like move back up again? You don't, you, normally where a song debuts, that's kind of where it stays, you know, but anyway. 
Uh, number three, Way Too Sexy, Drake featuring Future and Young Thug. And for those who have not seen the video featuring Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> I still, I, I'm still not sure if he knew what was going on while he was there. He was just there. He, I don't think he did. Uh, number three, uh, excuse me, number four, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran doing his best uh, rip off of the weekend. And the second single, he is also still doing a rip off of the weekend. He's wearing he a pink threw, suit. Well, no, just on the, the song. Oh, and it's only he threw in a little bit of acoustic guitar. <laughs> oh, because he's Ed Sheeran. So. <laughs> uh, number six, "Good for You" by Olivia Rodrigo. Number seven, "Kiss Me More" Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number eight, "Knife Talk" Drake featuring 20, 21 Savage and Project Pat. Number nine, "Montero Call Me by Your Name" uh, by Lil Nas X, and number ten, <clears throat> "That's What I Want." by Lil Nas X, uh, debuting at number 10. All right, let's go to the Billboard 200. These are the top, if you're just looking at the top 10 albums. Uh, still number one this week, Certified Lover Boy by Drake. The thing that bothers me mostly is just the <laughs> album. It's the album cover. It's the album cover. Like, you're not even trying anymore. We established this. He he is he's not trying anymore. He's not. He's really not. I went and looked back after we filmed after we did the last episode. I'm like, yeah, it's been since about 2016. Was the last time he truly tried, and that was when Views came out. I was. I listened to because um, I, I well, a possible future episode, a third installment of unpopular of our unpopular opinions. Uh, <laughs> but I was listening to the last one we did last year. Um, and I said that Drake peaked with views. Mm -hmm. that, that is still, still true the today. Case. <laughs> still the case. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not even trying anymore. Uh, he's trying to game the system. Yeah, that's what it is. Number two, <clears throat> debuting at number two, Montero by Lil Nas X. Number three, Sticker, the third album by NCT One Twenty Seven. This is another K-pop band. Uh, I guess on the same plane as BTS. Uh, BTS has seven Christ. people. NCT 127 has nine people. This is a basketball team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there are a lot of them. They got a full roster. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, geez. And that, that made me think of something. <laughs> I don't know if I showed you that video of um, these people trying to make like these nostalgic TikToks saying that uh, people who were born in the this year, this was the biggest song. And then when he got the guys from the year 2000, he's like, uh, so in 2000, you have the song Bye 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 by NSYNC. I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to go. NSYNC. Like, you have no idea Your street cred is who gone. they are. You have that, uh, whoever that guy is, he had no idea. Was he 10? Like, <laughs> <laughs> NSYNC. No, no. Like, you have no idea who they are, but I feel like it because of if he's, if he pays attention to, you know, the K pop or J pop. And these groups are with these letters. Uh, you just say the yeah. letters. So there is no like alternate spelling, sounded out BSP. kind of thing. <laughs> it looks like a word or it looks like two words. It looks like it says something. 
No, you just say the letters individually. N S Y N C. N S Y N C. AKA that group that Justin Timberlake used to be in. <laughs> like that's probably what someone who's that young thinks. No, it's been too long since he came out with an album. They don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Before we move forward from talking about boy bands, there's a little like private neighborhood somewhere over here that has like a little country club and they have concerts sometimes. And recently they had 98 degrees. Wow. <laughs> that is, did you get to hear any of like, it? Like the original lineup no, I or was it like Nick Lachey well, and three other dudes so, that, that weren't in the group? No, it was, uh, it was <laughs> at least the photo they had on their website was the original, was the original three. Man. Well, no, because one of them died, didn't he? Didn't one of the no, guys die? No, that was from LFO. Oh, I thought one of the guys died. How much would it cost you to get them out? Because it was just Nick Lachey and his brother and one other dude, right? No, there were it, four. It was four guys. One, oh, yeah, one, four? one was his brother, uh, one was their cousin, and then the fourth one was one of their friends from, from the neighborhood. Uh, I thought it was just a three. Anyway, but yeah, I that was <laughs> I forgot about them completely. <laughs> <laughs> Randomly, like, hey, they played here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. How were you able to hear them out here? Uh, I'm researching. <laughs> no, able- no, I, I only, I caught the them talking about it like way after it happened. Oh, okay. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Get them out here, see if they'll do a show <laughs> at the local Wild Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, could you go in that? Uh, we need an opener. When we did that episode about uh, uh, the Fire Festival documentaries, like the idea for the for the for that app to get like celebrities to make appearances or to mm-hmm. do concerts or whatever. What, I can't remember the name of it, but do you think they would be on there? Like that's, that's you, what you would see, Maybe. how much they would charge. Well, I, I remember, I can't, was it, I don't know if it was, it was Matt that showed us, not the one that we have on here, but the other Matt where he had the database that showed you the, the, um, the rate for everyone. Yeah. And the country, it was like what they used to book people. I wonder if they would have been on there because some of like that feels like someone that would have been on there. Do you remember that, Matt? I remember. I remember uh, him, Matt, the other Matt, talking about it before. I never actually saw it. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember him talking there. about having that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Get him out here for a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> a co- that's it. <laughs> a couple thousand. You know, and some. You know, a bag of peanuts and some food. You know, we want to feed them. Yeah. We will get a couple some, party platters from Chick Fil A. Oh, okay, yeah, if they take hot dogs, man, you know, that's much cheaper. <laughs> I, I, I can't find a price anywhere. Everything is call for fee, but uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, wedding planners that have them listed for uh, your wedding event. So they'll probably come out and wow. say, I do cherish you <laughs> for your first dance. <laughs> oh, man, if I would have known. a couple thousand. If I would have known that. <laughs> Bro, I would have had them at my wedding. But like, ladies and gentlemen, ninety-eight degrees. <laughs> you, you ascend the stairs with them. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. oh man, that'd be awesome. Oh, like, man. thanks, Nick. I know things are hard right now. <laughs> get, get you some cake when this is over. <laughs> you need a to-go plate. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have to take that from their payment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but good on them. Good on them for still working, man. In this, especially oh. in this economy. Good. <laughs> all right. So the uh, all right. The rest of the top ten. Okay. Uh, number four. Uh, Donda by Kanye West. Um, there's a 
there's an uh, an Instagram account that's following our Instagram account for the podcast. Um, I can't remember the name of it uh, <laughs> off the top of my head right now, but he, I just saw a thread he posted yesterday of um, how he could have made Donda better. I I, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone's <laughs> <laughs> so, thinks he could. so some people think they could have made the album better. I mean, not to say that, you know, you couldn't or your ideas aren't good, but that's pretty cocky to say. Um, <laughs> number five, uh, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number six, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number seven, he is still hanging around the top ten. Dangerous, the double album. By the redeemable Morgan Wallen. <laughs> Having a Pink Floyd run right here, man. Like, it, it won't go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eight, Fuck Love by The Kid Leroy, which is actually the longest tenured album the, the as far as they've had the longest time on the charts, and they're in the top ten right now this week. Uh, that came out over a year ago. Um, so, a little slow burn there. Yeah. Uh, similar to Lizzo, I guess you might say. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Happier Than Ever by Billie mm-hmm. Eilish. And number 10, Starcrossed by Casey Musgraves, the, the follow-up to her album of the year, The Golden Hour. And let's look at the Artist 100. Uh, Kevin, are you familiar with this list? No. The Billboard Artist 100, uh, we call it the clout list. <laughs> um, they have, it's a... Billboard calculates uh, radio airplay, um, streams, sales, and social media presence, as far as like people talking about them on social media. <laughs> Our parameters for it are you put out new music or you die. Yeah, that's kind of been, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of been the, sadly, yeah. kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, number one this week, and he was number one last week, is Drake. You know, he has new music, so it kind of, it kind of goes like that. Uh, number two, Lil Nas X. Number three, NCT 127.3 dash. No, no. <laughs> NCT 127. They were unranked last week, so they have, but they have a new album, so that's how people can get uh, ranked highly here. Number four, Olivia Rodrigo. Number five, Doja Cat. Number six, The Weeknd. Number seven, Ed Sheeran. Number eight, Kanye. Number nine, BTS, and number ten, Taylor Swift. I will say, I wish more people knew about this list because it's funny to see people come out of nowhere. Yeah, like over the summer when, um, or was it the spring when that Fleetwood Mac Dreams yeah. was big? Just all of a oh, sudden, yeah. they're on there in the top ten. Um, I think like last week, Metallica was in there because they were like <laughs> selling a book. Like you just see like people really drop in. They're re-promoting the Black Album. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking. Yeah, Thirty years, right? Now it's at 626 weeks on the chart. And it's now at 22. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it was, was in the top, top 10, 10 last on week. our last yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's just dropped. people will just <laughs> shoot in like from nowhere. Like <laughs> the Fleetwood Mac was the funniest because you you, you based know on like, like oh, yeah. none the of them most knew what was ridiculous going on. TikTok. Like someone video told Stevie ever. Nicks, like, "Hey, you're on TikTok." Yeah. She's probably like, what's that? Like, is that a people's <laughs> clock app or something? <laughs> Just someone skateboarding and drinking a ocean, ocean spray. spray. Yeah. <laughs> Cran Great. So I follow that guy on Instagram 
And he's got like his own weed and CBD line now because of that stupid video. Really? <laughs> That's yes. called capitalizing right there, ladies and gentlemen. Some, some, some people get all the luck. Um, Which is what yeah. they talk about in the movie we're going to discuss. You got to capitalize. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that will do it for our music news. And uh, Ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? Yeah, so um, I think I shared this with you, Greg, last week. Um, I don't, if, if if you're a country fan, I don't know if everyone. Um, I know the people on this on this uh, on this are not country fans right now. But for those of you who might be country fans, there's a really cool playlist that Spotify has made called '90s Country, and they like dazzle it up with like you know um, like a '90s car radio like as your interface and like your six CD changer, and they they you know like ask you your tastes in music. And come up with a country playlist for you. And so um, I didn't listen to a lot of country back then. So there's a lot of it that I don't know. Um, and this is called um, Call It Love. That's what Only I said, Love. Right? Only Love. Excuse me. Only Love That's by Winona. Yeah. Um, I had never heard it before, but it's a nice old country ballad. Um, it's kind of cool. I just, I know I'm kind of sick of country today. <laughs> like, it's just really bad. I've been listening to, like, Whiskey Town and stuff, like, and I hate to be like, it's real country, but it's like, it's not, you know, it's not Luke Bryan. And I can't think of anyone else I know, or Morgan Wallen. You know, not not that there's anything wrong with those people, with those guys. But like, I mean, y'all know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, this is like a, <laughs> like a nice little country ballad, you know, in the vein of like a Tanya Tucker or a Trisha Yearwood from the mid 90s. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. All right. Trying to get it queued up here. Um, back yeah, when men were men and back to the women were women. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is Aaron Lewis would love that. <laughs> hey, he, have you seen the video? He's got he a finally video? put out a real. He finally put a real video out for that song. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. I'm gonna take by awesome. You mean funny? <laughs> I would take it how you will. <laughs> All right, so this is Only Love by Winona. If it'll start playing, there we go. And the wrong channel. There we go. And we'll be right back. I have sailed a boat or two Out on the wild blue Yonder two dreams rarely come far as I can see, the silent of green, I can put my trust in just one thing. Down. 
So that is Only Love by Winona from her album Tell Me Why from 1993. It's still still crazy just to think about how different country music sounded back then, the way it was produced, the way it was written. Like this could have been sung by anybody if you think about it. Well, yeah. I mean, because, you know, when we looked at, when we talked about, um, Shania Twain's come on over and in comparison to her contemporary I guess <laughs> Faith Hill yeah Shania was writing or co-writing all her stuff while Faith Hill had like 12 different songwriters <laughs> <laughs> um and uh but that's how that's primarily how country works like yeah. you people write songs and hopefully someone picks it out to put on their album there's not I mean while there is the country singer songwriter that's not what sells, no, I, I guess. I mean, barely. I mean, <laughs> none of those guys are. I hope I didn't pull the wool off of some country music fan. It's like eyes. Like <laughs> you telling me Morgan Wallen didn't write. Um, <laughs> pour me another drink. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I think that song was written by the same guy who produced for who produced and wrote for Megan Trainer. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. And he probably wrote it 15 years ago. He's been shopping it around forever. <laughs> and it keeps, like, someone said on a video I was watching, he's a, he's a country singer up in Nashville, and he's like, unless you write that type of music, they don't want you. They won't let you in. Mm. And he's like, it's a, he's like, people think it's a bunch of country people writing about, you know, country experiences. He's like, it's a bunch of city people writing about what they think people from the country want to hear, which has just now turned out to be a bunch of songs about drinking. And partying. <laughs> well, that's what that's bro country then. Yeah, right? it's all bro country. It's like more drinking. All right, let's get wasted. Mix it up. Put some trap beats on it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sing about your truck <laughs> and drinking. <laughs> um. So we started the scene. Uh. The this episode with a scene from a film made in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And. Uh is a film called Airheads uh, with Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler and <clears throat> Joe Montana and Ernie Hudson and <laughs> Chris lot, Farley lot of and people. <laughs> Michael McKean and Michael Richards. Um, special appearance from White Zombie and uh, Lemmy from uh, <laughs> Iron Maiden. No, from Motorhead. Motorhead. Yes, sorry. See, I, I don't, I don't know. Let me ask God. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, God, I guess, but I don't know what band God is in. Kurt Loder um, was there too. Kurt, yes, <laughs> yeah, Kurt Loder. Yeah, no, there was a lot of people in this movie. It was, I was surprised it wasn't made by MTV, honestly. Uh, oh yeah, because they had the the Beavis and Butthead mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. 
so I at least got that far in the movie. (laughs) I at least got that far in the movie. Um, I'll let you know this now, Matt. I and I told Ben and Kevin, um, I I still had like 30, 35 minutes left of the movie, but uh, I figured y'all could y'all could help me out (laughs) with the rest of how the movie ended. I so I have notes up until a certain point. (laughs) Um, so um. Uh, the 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 way when I was watching it, I was like, "This could not be." I don't know if something like this could be remade with how the music landscape is today. Yep, no, no, um, <laughs> because the well, kind of it was kind of like at maybe the beginning, or you kind of like could you know paid attention to certain things, you would notice that uh, the DJ does not have control over what is played. Not anymore, no. But Joe Montana, who plays the DJ Ian, uh, he he doesn't have he doesn't have any say so over what's played, or at least that's the notion I got. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, no, that's that's what I understood too. When he was like, "You've got a lot of great music here. Why don't you play it?" And uh, it's probably showing us the beginning of the days of the program director, essentially. Yeah, Michael um, McKean's character. Yeah. yeah, before you could, you know, and I and I, it's funny because I was thinking like. Back then, more DJs did kind of go off and play what they wanted because you had some, especially you know, at, with K-Rock, you would hear a lot of times about bands being broken on K-Rock because some DJ decided to start playing them and the song breaks yeah. and they become a big band. Um, but not anymore. You know, it's too corporate now. But I guess maybe that was a little bit of foreshadowing as to what was what was coming, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think it was because I mean they they touch on it later with the whole smooth jazz thing or whatever yeah. it was easy <laughs> listening. It's yeah, like going to that, a soft you know, the radio format. stations just yeah, yeah it's all, all the radio stations start getting owned by like conglomerates and all that shit. So everyone's the same, follow yeah. the same formula. I did have that, uh, and, and I I I did get to that point in the movie where they talked about <laughs> where they because um, I kind of missed it where. Um, Milo was was talking about how he was he was had to fire everybody or, or something like that, but I missed why he had to do that. But then I uh, then I realized it was the changing of the format, mm-hmm. um, and that can definitely be jarring. Um, it, it's it's happened at the secret location that we're recording at, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, that can definitely be a jarring thing. Uh, well, I'll. I'll start with with I got some notes, of course, up to, like I said, the last 30, 35 minutes. I know what happens. I I, I saw this movie a long time ago and I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> um, yeah, and I should not have been watching it, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah, that was, like, <laughs> I was like, I was probably, kids but, watching this like it's a lot of profanity. Um, with my dad. It was one of those. It was one of those <laughs> <laughs> That's Adam Sandler for you. <laughs> it, uh, it was one of those times, and I feel like I've said this before, where um, I don't know how my mom got the the hookup with the with the pay per view, but in the early days of pay per view, it was two channels, and they would both show one movie all day. Yeah. For weeks mm-hmm. or months, even <laughs> Airheads was one of those movies. Like, it basically, if the movie came out between ninety four and ninety six, 
Mm-hmm. It was it would be on that pay per view one of those pay per view channels where they just show it that one movie all day for maybe three to four months. Um, yep. So uh, <laughs> the first that I had was like at the beginning of the movie. I like the 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 title sequence. I'm yeah, paying more cool. attention to that now with the stop motion. I'm like that probably took weeks to put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it it came out pretty nice. Um. So Brendan Fraser is Chaz, and he rolls up to Palantine Records, and apparently he's done this several times. <laughs> <laughs> so where they recognize him immediately. It's like, it's that hey, black it's that again. It's like, you have the same disguise? Doesn't, doesn't switch it up at all, yeah. <laughs> and you just sneak into the elevator. And the only way I feel like he doesn't actually he actually gets to you know the second floor or wherever is that uh, he he just does it on like different days or different times like it'll, not a Tuesday at three o'clock it'll be a Thursday at one o'clock <laughs> you know he just switches it up that way but the same disguise same <laughs> it's that delivery guy <laughs> again like, yeah <laughs> it's the one disguise he he was able to afford or whatever <laughs> he didn't work he was living off a girlfriend so yeah that's all yeah. he had. And it still didn't work. <laughs> he just rolls up and they like, are you a record executive? Like, what kind of question is that? Like, <laughs> and it's Judd Nelson with like the thickest soul oh. patch ever. Oh, God. <laughs> like they, they really couldn't have picked a better person to play that character. <laughs> he looks so scummy. <laughs> so Palatine Records, that's not a, that's not, was that ever a real record? No. Com- okay, I didn't think so. No, I feel like it's a uh, it's a parody of something, though. I just I don't know what, though, because it seemed I'm like, I know every everything's out in L.A., all the record companies are in L.A., yeah. but I don't know who it would have been a parody of. I mean, or I always thought him. it was Capitol Records. Maybe, maybe. Possibly. Um, a combination of Capitol and Universal or whoever or maybe else Giffen. is out there. Yeah. <laughs> Giffen uh, was pretty big at the time. Yeah, I was thinking that like is Jimmy Wing, which is Judd Nelson's character, David Geffen, David Geffen or Jimmy Iovine? I don't. I well, because Jimmy oh, Iovine yeah. would have had vision. Jimmy Iovine had <laughs> Jimmy Iovine was smart. I don't. I haven't heard the best, the greatest things about David Geffen, other than um, "You're So Vain" is about him. So that says all I need to know about him. But Jimmy Iovine, I think would have would have at least given them a listen because Jimmy Iovine was a smart man. Or maybe not, because Jimmy Iovine, I guess being a smart man is also not giving a chance to every single person that breaks into your building. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got by security. Okay, I guess I'll listen. Like, <laughs> um, So get to the point of where he, he gets kicked out and he gets back to his girlfriend's apartment. Um, and then she kicks him out after they argue because he's he's been working hard or whatever. Uh, the thing I thought about, I don't know if you remember the comedian Pablo Francisco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about, like, this kind of guy. Like, he's in a band, and he's all, all he's saying to his girlfriend, like, the band's going to make it. And they're, just, <laughs> and they're not. They're not. <laughs> it's, uh, so that's what I thought I was kicked about. He's like, he's like the band's going to make it. Um, so... Yeah. One note. So think about how '90s this movie is. As she's kicking him out, 
she throws out all of his CDs <laughs> and records and, and records yeah. and I think it looked like a tape deck too. Yeah, it was probably the 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 tape the the the, the combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that was in like every that was like a status of that was the at least a middle class symbol of having the stereo <laughs> with the glass door and it had the tape deck, it had the CD player, it had the vinyl. <laughs> and uh, and you know and the and the two big speakers on the side, um, and that probably cost like a grand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably yeah, like of dollars. Everybody's gonna love, if y'all ever seen um if you ever seen the wedding singer. I still haven't seen mm-hmm. that movie. Don't judge me. Wow. There, oh man, yeah, I need to see it. I need. But to there's see a it. scene where um Glenn the the Drew Barrymore's fiance or or boyfriend whichever it was at the moment. He walks in with the CD player. Now, this is supposed to be 1985, 1984. <laughs> he walks in with the CD player, and he's like, oh, yeah, this cost me like 6000 or what? something like that. It was some <laughs> ridiculous price. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah. It was some yeah. ridiculous price for this CD player. Uh, and then she's like, oh, yeah, we can put some records on. Like, no, no, it, it plays CDs. Like, so <laughs> new technology. Um <laughs> uh so Chaz goes to the uh I got a Toys R Us knockoff or whatever it was. KB Toys. K- KB Ooh, Toys. That's a throwback. <laughs> I was like, I was I don't like I said, it's been such a long time since I've seen the movie. It's like I was sure one of them had like a fish out of water kind of job, like, okay, you stock. <laughs> The shelves at the, the KB toys, and he's dressed like the way he, and he dressed normally. Stage. Just has the apron on. Yeah, just has the apron. The guy's like, "I'm gonna tell Mister So and So." I'm gonna tell all ten Carruthers. <laughs> and I've seen that guy in a lots of TV shows and movies. I have no idea what his what his name is. Uh, he looks like a Opie type character that just gets pushed around mm-hmm. wherever he is. I think he was on Saved by the Bell. Probably getting pushed around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when like when he says like I'm gonna tell old man what's his name Carruthers, yeah, (laughs) something like that, and then like Chaz just looks at him, then he blows him a kiss. I'm like, what? What is? What is that? That might have been improvised. (laughs) It seemed like just something just you throw in there. (laughs) I just put you're not in prison, (laughs) (laughs) not yet. Um, so may, I guess at the time, if I, if I knew about them at the time, I would recognize them. But when they go to the, uh, club and Ian introduces Sons of Thunder, uh, it's a band called the Galactic Cowboys. Do you, uh, did you know, who they, did anyone know who they were? I've never heard of the Galactic. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I will admit I haven't listened to much by them, but. Okay. I, uh. Yeah, I never, I never heard of it, but I figured like this is probably like a, a band making a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was Sebastian Bach as the lead singer, but I, I, I then I looked it up and like, okay, that's that's not him then. Okay. <laughs> were they like what type of music were they? It was like a, I could they're al- like a alternative rock. Okay. Yeah. Um. So when they go to sneak into the radio station, there's always a sh- in every movie in which there's like a lot of security cameras. There's always a shot of someone at the desk where they have all the screens in front of them and they're not, and they're not looking. 
It's always the front desk too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and in this one, so I felt like this was one of those kind of ages the movie. She's playing a Game Gear. Yes. And oh, I yeah. thought that was awesome. <laughs> um, that's one of those things where like, if you let somebody who is younger watch this movie, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna have any idea. You'll notice it's also plugged no. in. She's not playing it on batteries. Oh no! Well, God, no. Who plays <laughs> a game on batteries? Hmm? I thought she was playing it on, but I didn't. I didn't see a cable. But I, I if saw, it was there, it, I never noticed <laughs> it until I watched it last night that it was plugged in. Yeah, those ba- batteries on Game Gear like would die so Two fast. Hours tops. Like you oh, would yeah. like six yeah. triple A's. Double A's. Yeah, there were <laughs> no sorry double A's. Double A's. Yeah, yeah you yeah. have to use a ton of them, and they would just fart down on you so fast. I was trying to. Could anyone make out what game she was playing? I thought it was Streets of Rage. But... I looked, oh, I didn't even see the screen. Like, well, I was trying to look at the cartridge. Like uh, I couldn't even see, see the cartridge. I couldn't make it out. I thought I saw I Streets, game. but I was like, nah. I know that was a popular game on there. Everyone had Streets of Rage. So. I always associate that with like the arcade. It was a Sega product. So. Yeah. I okay. that, That's probably some product placement, too, if I had to guess. Because everyone knows what it is. It's very distinct looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um... So this the I saw it the most convoluted way to sneak into a building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was just totally by accident. Yeah. Well, they just put his car. So when they put his car in there, I figured Pip worked there or something, and that's why they tried I, it. I, that was oh, his really? Bank card. That was his bank card. Yeah, that was his ATM okay, card. That's, okay, yeah, I wasn't sure. Give me my card. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to use I, the ATM. What the hell? <laughs> Didn't they tell him to type in his pin? Yeah, type in his pin code. <laughs> uh, so uh, clearly, these guys aren't the smartest. Um, <laughs> hence, the name of the movie um, and their pen name. Which yeah, secondly, yes, <laughs> pluralized the Lone Ranger. <laughs> this guy doesn't wear a helmet, does he? <laughs> um. You carry around one copy of your demo. So one? okay, so that was that was something I <laughs> want to talk one. about because On that's a real another real. way that this <laughs> this movie has aged poorly because you know nowadays with digital, you know you've got multiple copies of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, one copy on tape. CDs existed, so they never thought to get it on CD. Well, he said they like they didn't want it on the on the CD because it would. His background, distort his background vocals yeah. or something. He was being a diva. <laughs> and getting a CD produced in 94 might still be cost prohibitive. Good point. I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would, that, that part was it. Cause it was kind of like, <laughs> this would totally be if, uh, if our old roommate, Josh was part of this, like, like that would be too new of technology to use CDs. <laughs> that, that is our job. Like I can't use this new stuff. Yeah, he was still. He, I mean, he had like a full analog board back in like two thousand three, two thousand four. That he he refused to go digital. Like he was just like, yeah, analog reel to reel. It's just the sound. The sound. The warmth. <laughs> the warmth. Yeah, you were saying that all the time. The warmth. <laughs> Like, all right, bro. That's you know, that's cool, man. I'm going digital. Yeah, Fruity Loops. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> so they um uh another actor may rest in peace, Reggie Cathy as uh I didn't Marcus. Know Reggie was dead? Yeah. I didn't know uh, until last night I looked at him. Oh man, I love Reggie Cathy. Well yeah. loved. 
But twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, oh man. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, three years ago. Um, he is Marcus, the revolutionary. Because uh, <laughs> I was already like, is it just one station, or does he have his own show on the station? Um, he was in their plan of flying V. <laughs> uh, he's um, yeah. He he was. He, I was like, I, I, you might be too militant to work at this station. Yeah, like for them format. playing rock music. Like, yeah. Well, they had him fixing the reel to reel at one point, so I always just surmised he was the station engineer. Oh, good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. Um that makes sense. So they uh uh well at this point when they the the reel to reel breaks or destroys the tape or whatever, <clears throat> they try to run. The police are already there because Michael Richards character has already called the police as he snuck into the air vents. Very underrated in this movie. Like, he didn't have a huge part, but, like, every scene that he was in, <laughs> he brought it. Like, something's... Because I, I, yeah. I think some people don't think of him as a physical comedian. Yeah. I think everybody thinks of him as that. Well, I, I guess I I only seen him in Seinfeld, so... Mm-hmm. And I know he does some physical stuff in Seinfeld, but, like, I never... Some. He's realized. just such an animated person. Yeah, I never yeah. like saw him doing. You should watch. Uh, wasn't he in UHF with uh, yes, Weird yes. Al? Yeah, you should. I never yeah. saw that. You yeah. should see that. <laughs> like I didn't realize how physical he was. Like yeah. he's beating himself up for this movie. Yeah. yeah, and it seems like like I was kind of like man. I felt like sometimes like he shouldn't be doing this because he seems like he's too tall to be doing all these like yeah. stunts, like crawling in the air vent. He's gonna. <laughs> He's gonna break a leg or, or something. <laughs> I always feel like he was going to get hurt. Like I was looking for a story of he was seriously hurt while filming this movie <laughs> because of all the stuff he was doing. Um, but he had called the police, and um, when they try to run out, they see the cops there. They run back inside. That was oh my god! Watching oh. the cop and Adam Sandler just kept... oh yeah, <laughs> keep going. Um, um, off. Alan, uh, Alan Covert, who's been in a bunch of Adam oh, yeah. Sandler movies. <laughs> I remember uh, that as part of the trailer for it too when it came out. <laughs> that was in the trailer. Yes. I didn't see the trailer. He just runs back. Let me in. <laughs> but it's like, okay, like, I understand. He's like, like if he's doing the robot or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. <laughs> and he I don't know what gun. <laughs> what did he think that was going to do? <laughs> <It'd> try anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I do the robot. He'll start doing the <laughs> robot with me, and I get all the way to the thing. <laughs> that was another, uh, I guess, like I said, I didn't see the last 30 minutes of it, but they just parked, their, parked the van right in the back, and yep. yeah, like... <laughs> I, I, well, I guess since most of the most of the film is in the station, they didn't have to really reference the van, but it was just funny that it was just right there. Um, so... Um, when they so when they negotiate with the police to try to get their tape um, did I have anything before that oh yeah so when they go back inside don't call me G let me stop <laughs> yeah don't call me G <laughs> don't call me G yeah that was so yeah the well the white man with the gun real to real yeah well okay game okay I'm looking at my notes here that was that. That was right after they made fun of the Lone Rangers. Then the Lone when he's like, "What's your name?" Because they give him a shot. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that was um when they yeah, right before the the tape uh the real the, to real, the real, real broke up. and burned the tape. Then they try to run and they come back in and um then they're trying to figure out what to do and then the police call and um Oh yeah, one note I had What's on the air right now as, as is all this silence. is going on? Is it or just background noise <laughs> and a lot of cursing, a lot of FCC fines. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, a lot of S bombs and F bombs. And um, and clearly, like, I guess I'm because tr- I'm trying to think he didn't know he was being fired. But DJ, the DJ just didn't seem to care anymore. Like even when, before then, yeah. Like when Brendan Fraser started he cursing, he just didn't care. Didn't you care. can't curse in the air. He's like, I don't yeah. care. Like, I mean, you can see it in his face when he's introducing the Sons of Thunder. His oh, eyes God, just kept yeah. rolling. Oh yeah, the walks off stage and starts drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just starts double shot. Beer and Pepto. <laughs> <laughs> that is stress. <laughs> Hit my life. <laughs> introducing these crappy bands. Uh, what's going on here, man? I don't get it. So. I will say something about that, like, the he clearly just did not like his job. He didn't like working there. And then he's like, you want to fire me? You can't fire me. Like, what was the dynamic here between the DJ and the radio? Like, was he carrying this station? That's what my guess was. Yeah, like, he was he the name. He he's was. the reason people tuned in. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, he's the – because the dude like that – um the the live event yeah and to introduce this band that had their demo played at the station and he he broke their record or whatever and it's a sold out crowd i guess you might say he's a popular dj in that area in that area and it was still a time where a guy like him had uh a lot of influence that clout you know, now yeah. that you mention that too he he they 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 uh thank him for playing the record and breaking it but when he steps off the stage he still has no clue who they really are <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true he, he says he, he can't recognize these bands from one to the next so did he play did he play that record by choice or not or was he forced <laughs> well that it, it kind of brings up what <laughs> it kind of brings up like did uh is this kind of when we can look at the beginning of the DJ not having control of what they play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to even have this event and for him to be there and for Milo to be there, Milo probably just handed them the, handed him the, the CD. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't a real, a real no. tape. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, yeah, he's like, yeah, play this. It's this is the name of the band. It's Push this them. new song, yeah. and you know, and there you go. Um, they sounded awful. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. It's like, what the hell? It probably wasn't even their song. Um, as far as like, it wasn't the Galactic Cowboy song. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was. I don't know. They just like, yeah, play this song. He could barely talk. <laughs> he was like, where are we again? Huh? <laughs> Um, so, uh, we got the news vans pulling up. They got people pulling up as far as, I think that's always going to happen. Whenever there's a hostage situation, there's going to be a crowd of onlookers, a large Mm -hmm. crowd of onlookers 
who <clears throat> have various uh, interests. They're rooting for the villains or. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, too, they've probably heard them on the radio. Yeah. And they know what's yeah. going on. Um, and this is the most. So, I mean, I, I know it's a movie, but man, I felt bad for Ernie Hudson's character. Like he had no control. Like they're they, they're coming out there and doing All whatever he they want. All he does is he patrols the the neighborhood, the area, <laughs> make sure kids stay away from the fire hydrants. They couldn't get a real hostage negotiator. Like, <laughs> well, it was it was that the SWAT guy, but he wanted yeah. to go right in. Yeah, he and he's having these marriage problems. He <laughs> <laughs> just want to murder everyone. Like, I just felt bad. Like Steve Buscemi come out there, came out there, like gets on the car and starts flicking off the crowd and. Like, it's just like you have no control. Like in real life, somebody would have shot him. <laughs> End of hostage situation. <laughs> Shoot him. So, are you aware of the uh, Die Hard tie-in there? Yeah, it was right across, right from. Um, so that that little, I Mark guess, Tomei. roundabout area that they're in is that's part of I, Fox Studios. The that's where the Nakatomi Plaza is supposed to be. The building you see in the background is Nakatomi Plaza. The, I was I was thinking that like I, it looked familiar. like just like yeah. and kind of the camera so, angles like so there's a little cop, Die Hard in here. Yeah, when the cops roll up and Die Hard to a hostage situation. You can see KPPX in the background. Now I'm gonna go back and, and watch and that. In the tonight. other movie, vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I need to watch Die Hard again to, to catch that. I got that. them all on Blu-ray. Even I the thought I was. I figure like <laughs> Ernie Hudson. Um, I, if he wasn't the first choice, I figured they probably wanted to get Reginald Vell Johnson oh, <laughs> <laughs> as O'Malley. Like, of course, they give him an Irish name, but. Uh, I thought that was in Los too. Angeles. In Los, <laughs> in Los Angeles. An Irish cop. That would have been great if they just had him in this. Oh, O'Malley. Like, <laughs> I, I liked Ernie Hudson in it, but that would have just been so much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that might have been too close. Yeah, that might have been too close. Too close to now, Nowadays, with cinematic universes, they probably would have done it. Yeah. Oh, today, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And they're like, uh, and someone would have made a YouTube video or a TikTok video like, today I'm going to explain to you how Airheads and Die Hard share the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> Given the same name and everything. And someone would have been like, if you look here closer in the crowd, you'll see Bruce Willis like <laughs> making a cameo appearance. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I had what's on the air right now. Oh, yeah. So that when, they, argument, when they start yeah. when they start playing. um they just start playing music and they, cause they find all these CDs that I guess have not been touched and, ages, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they find all the, you know, free t-shirts and concert tickets and all these, uh, other, uh, swag gifts. Um, I don't know why this was left in there, but the, the shots of like David Arquette with the little, uh, eyeball thing, mm-hmm. um, the- Magnifying glass. The magnifying glass. Like oh, as he's playing video games. Yeah. He's why playing look, the Game Gear. Yeah. yeah. Why did it look like he was jerking off though? Like his the look on his face. <laughs> David Arquette just looks weird, man. Like he does. I was like, oh, he's just doing that at the table. Oh, he's got the Game Gear. Yeah, David Arquette always has that look in his face. Um, yeah, he's even when he was an eight-legged freak. Like any movie I see him in, he just looks weird. I don't know why. Um. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> yeah, Dewey and Scream, yeah. Um, no, I did. So I thought you were going here, but the today's music argument. 
I was like, it's the same argument. Every, like every generation. It just moves over generation. Yeah, he's like, well, I listen to Lennon. He's like, today's music has nothing to say. <sighs> okay, you'll someone will be saying that again in 30 years. They'll say it today. Someone music said has that today. To yeah. I'm sure someone said that today. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I guess like when he's just like, you know, who are your influences? What do you, you know, what's your message? What are you trying to say? You could tell Brendan Fraser had nothing. He was just like, <laughs> I just want to get rich playing music and get my girlfriend off my back. Like that is all I want. And it's just like I think if they made that today, it probably it'd still be a comedy, but he'd have an answer. He'd be like, Oh, you know, I listen to a lot of like Pearl Jam and like, you know, I listen to some Nirvana man and it's you know, Kurt was tortured and but nah, he was he was a he was an airhead. No but clue. you know what? <laughs> Honestly, to if this were made today, if this wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be a a, a rock band. No, no, it close. it would be rappers. And you know what they'd yeah. be doing? They'd be breaking into Spotify offices to get on the playlist. See? <laughs> that would be today. That's what they'd be doing. That is the remake. That's the remake. Yeah, some SoundCloud rappers who want to get on the playlist with fake toy guns. <laughs> No, no, it have to be real guns. See, so to, for the realism, and because it's a remake, it has to be grittier and more realistic. But it would still be a comedy. <laughs> so they had real guns. Just make it grittier somehow. That's I feel like it could do. be done if they just got. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the uh, SNL sketch with. Um, it was Keenan Thompson. Chris Red and Donald Glover as the the Migos. Yeah. It was like the Migos go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would be that would be the rap group. They'll be similar to Migos, and they're trying to get get their their song on a Spotify play playlist. List. So you have to go to Sweden, essentially. I think that's where they're located. They somewhere in Europe. They they have an Atlanta office. Somewhere. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say they probably have American offices at this point. Yeah, I think they they have uh, an LA office too. Okay. If they want to do it like that. Well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else think that Brendan Fraser was about to break character on the Beavis and Butthead call? It looked like he was about to start laughing, like he was breaking character. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the best take they got. <laughs> Make the girls get That's naked. Right. It's probably everyone's what it's about to break character in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh, well, like I said with all this stuff, what do they expect to do with that free stuff? What did they think that was going to happen? No clue. With all the free stuff, because they're not getting. You're not getting out of here. <laughs> you're not getting out of here. You yeah. might not get out of here alive. Yeah. There's a there's a big chance you're all going to get shot. Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, I mean, well, they went out there and started giving away some stuff, which once again, no control of of the scene. Like he goes out there with a bunch of swag and he's like, "Who wants it?" And people start running up and they're giving away free stuff. And for some reason, they start chanting Rodney King. <laughs> like, what was that? I, <laughs> he's that guy. I guess so. Like, when did Rodney King happen? Was that ninety? Was that ninety four? That was like ninety one. Okay. The right, yeah, the riots were in ninety two. Yeah, April ninety two. The April tape itself 19th? was from ninety one. Okay. Um. So yeah, this was two years after the riots. That's weird. Yeah, and the movie's in L.A. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt it's a little fresher to an L.A. writer. Or... Touche. <laughs> um, I felt this foreshadowed rock radio dying, because I mean, nowadays, yeah. you know, I mean, when Atlanta used to be, 
for like three or four rock stations, like two that played modern rock and one that played classic. And yeah, in Augusta got, there were two. There yeah. were two of them. And now you got maybe one. And I have no idea what well, it is. I don't either. No clue. Like they're all like they're changing, or if they're you know if there is more than one, they've all got like their very weak signal. You can only get mm, in. Oh, it's on parts AM. The, you got yeah. If that, like, it's in very sparse, very sparse in parts of the city. Um, yeah, I just thought it was very interesting, you know, to see that you know a lot of a lot of foreshadowing in this in this. Uh, even though it's aged kind of poorly, there's still it was still kind of ahead of its time in knowing where the where music in general was going. Um, also, and I'm curious on everyone's thoughts here. When he says um, someone calls in and they mention these two bands, they go, "Oh, you listen to that Seattle bullshit." Yeah, mm-hmm. clearly referring to grunge. What was their what was their deal with grunge? <laughs> well, wasn't grunge that replacing was, the hair metal? And yeah, that's what they were. This was 1994. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this movie came well, out before or at, it came out after Kurt Cobain died, but it was this was kind of in the midst of grunge's run, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it, the way I took yeah. it was like, you know, they're being in L.A. and they were still all the bands they were trying to. They're uh, trying to still pull them from Seattle. Well, like the, when they introduced the whatever at the at the show, it's like to me, it was all still centric around the hair metal mm. and like the L.A. like the, the Motley Cruz and all that. Mm. And that's what was getting pushed out by grunge. Mm. So like they were trying to keep it alive and everyone hated the grunge. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, that was kind of what I took. Yeah, the it. movie's from the point of view of the, the L.A. scene, which is still yeah. on the rock at the moment. And... Yeah. yeah. Maybe I wasn't thinking they were still, that they were hair metal at the time, like with like the Sons of Thunder or even the Lone Rangers or anybody in L.A. At the time, I wasn't thinking it was hair metal, only because like, there, people weren't wearing makeup or wearing spandex right. or you know having the still them skinny jeans though skinny jeans and boots. What well, was the leather right? Or Wasn't he a lot leather of leather. Pants? Well, I mean leather jackets, but yeah. not like leather I pants. Bush- was he Bush- oh, I thought somebody was wearing Bush- leather, had pants. leather pants. On. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he had that long luscious hair. <laughs> yeah, I thought it might have been it might have been a grunge band just be, well mainly based on how Adam Sandler was dressed. With the flannel or plaid, right? Yeah. So that uh, shows how long I, it had been since I seen the movie because I thought it took place in Seattle because I thought they were a grunge band. <laughs> I, was just... yeah. I think that look crossed over a little bit with, with like Alice in Chains dressed a lot like that at mm. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are they from? L- they were from L.A. No, they were from. They're Seattle. Seattle. Okay. But they were uh, probably the most metal of the. But they were the kind of the, the in between band for a lot of people. Okay, okay, I can see that. Um, so uh, a note I had um, is the changing of formats can be jarring to people. Um, you know, if like I said, it's happened here at this at this secret location, and then they changed it back. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's that's part of the the hard part of radio. But if something's, I don't know what like their ratings are. You know, they're yeah. you know they're they, they there's a Nielsen ratings type system in radio. I don't know what um, 
what Milo may have been looking at to say, okay, we're going to change over to this soft rock adult contemporary type format, even though it seems like the rock format is still very popular in this town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arbitron's name of it, right? For radio? I think so. But I think Nielsen is part of it. has okay. something too. But it can, um, they said it, the super secret location here, the format <laughs> was, um, it was really just like, it was like women's entertainment. Uh, like it was like talk radio, company. like for women specifically. And then it became sports. And then it became um, music for a while, but then it went back to sports and then just throw in some other talk formats <laughs> uh, aside from that. Um, so I've seen like the, the formats change. Uh, the one across the hall has always been, I, we weren't supposed to say Christian. It was supposed to be inspirational. That's cute. <laughs> but I understand. I understand the inspirational part because mm-hmm. some of those hosts are extreme to to say <laughs> the least. Um, saying that you know, if women wear pants, they're going to hell. Whoa! Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and what's sad is I know exactly what you're talking about. So, I know exactly. With stuff like that, yeah, we we can't just say Christian. We'll say inspirational because <laughs> religious might turn people off. <laughs> say inspirational, then it's like you know, you know, positivity. Uh, good vibes and all that stuff. Um, uh, I don't. I didn't rem- remember the 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 part with the cassette. I thought it was indestructible. Maybe it like wasn't actually destroyed until the dog was peeing on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of mean of her just to throw it out though. Like, man. come on. Like, what are you doing? Women be vindictive, man. But who pays for studio time and gets two copies made? Yeah, I don't know. These guys. That's all well, they I mean, you got to think about afford. that, too. Like, back then, studio time is no joke, man. It's, it's not thing. cheap. It's all yeah. they could afford. But cassette tapes were. Touche. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But to, for there to be two copies and one reel-to-reel and one cassette, I mean, I know. We're like, also not working with the smartest people here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're airheads. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was the name of the band before I saw the movie. <laughs> like, I, um, for there, yeah, to only be two copies and one, and they're in two different formats. Um, I know this was, and people like under the age of 30, um, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no USB drive, ain't no floppy disk, and you probably don't even know what that is. Uh, <laughs> floppy. You talking about the big or the small ones? The the, the big, the, the, the big one that was actually floppy. Yeah, or the three and a half the one that had the small floppy one on the inside. I'm trying. No, to... there's no zip drive either. I think that was one thing. I guess watching it with 2021 20, eyes, I'm just like, this could have all been solved with an email. <laughs> <laughs> There's no digital format in this movie. Though. Yeah, there's well, no, the, not at except all. Except for the CD. That's the, the closest. That's the closest. <laughs> I'm like, this could have all been solved just an email, like, for your consideration. 
But I'm like waiting up. That does. We saw that cell phone or those cell phones. The, <laughs> yeah, that was. God, that thing was looked ancient though. Like it had like the. Um, it was slightly newer than the Zach Morris brick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I. But then of course you know if, if someone sends an email or something, then the whole movie's done. But and I don't even know when did email come about. Like, I feel like email was like 2003. I mean, I know it existed before then, but like, it or in or it was like people who prevalent. Yeah, was it, no one people. Really it. it was people who liked uh, the Cure and the Smiths. Uh, the Cure and the Smiths. Wow. <laughs> Found their parents' copies of the Cure and the there, Smith. There is a Smith song in the soundtrack. Is there? Mm-hmm. Does it play in the movie? Mm, yes, it does. Wow, I knew the four non-blondes version of a some um, uh, Van Halen song, but I didn't hear the Smiths. There, That's funny. I can't think of where it plays. Anthrax covered the Smiths' uh, London. Oh, is it Anthrax? Anthrax it is, covered it. It is in the movie. Oh, I can't nice. Think of what scene that's in now. Hmm. Ah, escapes me. I wonder why they weren't didn't have them in the movie. That'd been cool. They're probably too big I at think that time. They would have done it. You think so? Oh yeah. Because I feel like they would have been too big too. But I mean. Because hmm. they won it, so oh, yeah, Four Non Blondes did Van H- a Van Halen song trivia. Yes. Um, it's the second track on the CD. For the, I know the soundtrack; I've listened to it a thousand times. But, <laughs> uh, Rex, when they're playing all the music, Rex steps into the booth and hands him the CD and says, "Play track two. and it's the second track on the actual real life soundtrack. Oh, okay, bit of trivia there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh I think that's as far as I got. Um oh, and everyone well, dies and goes home. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I did write like what was the big deal with the CDs, but then then it then it clicked like the very next scene is when they find out that the uh the format for the station is changing. Um Oh the Kenny G CDs? Yeah. Come on, man. Kenny G ain't that bad. I mean listen to the sounds of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> that was corny when he said that. Kenny G <laughs> is the poster child for soft mm-hmm. radio, like a radio station that plays soft music. It's Kenny G. The hardest you're going to go is Michael Bolton. <laughs> the hardest? Michael- <laughs> the hardest. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Michael Bolton <laughs> referred to as the hardest. And then some people are going to call in because they think he, he sounds too black or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the rain and I was scared. <laughs> I I honestly though like when he's like he tried to like write it off, say oh you know it's just promotional crap. I'm like they're changing formats, like immediately. And then I was like we're in Empire Records territory here. Yeah, but Empire Records you know was came out later. But like then it becomes like we got to save the radio station. <laughs> but it doesn't really become that. It, it, like that's a, I felt like that was a sub story they could have like paid more attention to because he tells everyone to come down. We're going to have a party and everyone comes down and that's the perfect time to like save the radio station. But you know. oh man, he just didn't give a shit anymore. He's like, all right. Oh, all he did not. Off. Yeah. He, <laughs> He's like, let's get this band signed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what's that there? Okay. The cameo from white zombie. Um, oh, I love that song. Yeah. So, and then they bring down Judd Nelson to um well first they bring down a fake they bring down harold ramus and he pretends to be (laughs) he answers questions so i felt a little offended because um 
I like both versions of Van Halen. He's <laughs> 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 like, which side do you take? I would have gotten shot. Um, <laughs> Hagar, they had a lot of hits with Hagar. Yeah, and I'm just like, that is that is how a record exec thinks, which is why I thought he was a record exec. <laughs> because that is how they're going to think. They're like, who do you, t-? well, I mean, like, Sammy Hagar, like, you know, took them to greater heights. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Even my guitar teacher in college, when I tried to make that point, I was like, I was like, Sammy Hagar's a great singer. He's like, yeah, but not for a band like that. <laughs> He was it's so funny. hurt by that. The guy that, uh, <laughs> former coworker, the job out here, he, I guess he had finally heard a Van Halen song with, where Hagar was singing, and he was like, what the hell is this? I was like, oh, yeah, they had a second singer. And he's like, what? <laughs> and so he pulled up a whole playlist on YouTube of nothing but Hagar Van Halen songs, and he's like, I hate this. <laughs> he's like, this is horrible. Really? Yeah, he couldn't stand any of it. None of it. That reminds me of what, uh, well, one of our, Another one of our episodes where we talked about um, band members being replaced. And remember, we started the show with uh, Van Halen doing Jump, but it was Sammy Hagar singing yeah. on it. <laughs> uh, it's a totally different song. I had a friend in high school who, who, who like loved Sammy Hagar, and he's the one who got me into those versions of those songs. Of him, of Sammy Hagar doing them, he was just like, they're just so much better. I like him more. <laughs> like, he had a talk about love with, like, just everything. Like, he, I, th- I don't even think he listened to, like, David Lee Roth anymore, who actually just retired. I forgot about that. He announced his retirement yesterday. That's that's why yeah. I posted the, if y'all follow our Instagram, that's why I posted the video, we'll never get the Van Halen halftime show. Yep, we will never get it now. Um, you know, after Eddie Van Halen passed and it was right, right. I, I, I started looking for that clip once I saw the news about David Lee Roth retiring. Like, yeah. oh, well, it's never going to happen. Well, I mean, we could always get, um, Gary Sharon. <laughs> so just come and fill in, fill in. Who's going to play for Eddie though? Nuno Betancourt. <laughs> just, That'd be fucking awesome just do it like and then they do more than words to end the set there you go yeah just make it like van extreme you know <laughs> or extreme halen whichever you want <laughs> and make that your halftime show and you know then some you know maybe we can finally forgive gary sharon for his stint in van halen <laughs> it wasn't his fault <laughs> no it was not his fault after i did the research it was totally not his fault um it, it was eddie's ego but that's a whole other episode um so uh yeah. Oh, uh, I guess we get to the point where, um, yeah, Judd comes in. So they, yeah, they get Judd to come in. He has the record contract, and was it Ian? Not Ian. Who was the the record station hey. owner again? Uh, oh, Milo. Milo. Yeah, he yeah. offers his services to look over the contract, and I didn't trust him. No. Yeah, no, he can't be trusted. He was like, I, "You're I'm gonna sure need everybody. someone to yeah. negotiate on your behalf, and I'll do it for ten percent." <laughs> and the guy kicks him in the balls and says, "You'll do it for five. <laughs> um, but I don't trust him. I don't trust that he had their best. If anything, he probably had it to where like he owned all their masters and stuff like that. I just he seems like the type of guy that would do that. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, he's not, he's not letting them get anything. And then and this is when Chaz, who I felt at first had some vision. But then he was like, he's that musician that can't get out of his own way. Like, you've got what you've always wanted looking you in the face. And then he finds out they never played him the demo. And he's like, no, I want to get it on my terms. Like, dude, just do you want the contract or not, bro? 
Like you took a radio station hostage. Yeah, you've you've changed the narrative. Now. It's kind of yeah. like like you you you've changed the rules. Yeah, you've changed the rules. So it, it, and they're they're going in in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he came down there, yeah. and, and everyone keeps talking about like, oh, we got to capitalize off of this. So once again, I start thinking about how this would work because back then you don't have social media, you don't have smartphones, you have any of that stuff. So they everyone who's there found out about this organically. By listening to the radio, you know, if you are Chaz and it's 2021, are you going live on TikTok or Instagram <laughs> while you're holding these people hostage? <laughs> say, get down in to the K-Pack. remake. Yes. <laughs> like you said, get mm-hmm. down here now. We, we're trying to get on Spotify. And like everyone shows up <laughs> and they're like cheering for you. You got, you know, women like taking off their shirts and like, we love you, Chaz. <laughs> 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 uh, is one of the members up there like showing um um going out there and like flicking off everyone like yeah we got the number they got the numbers but we got the whatever the he guns. says the guns <laughs> <laughs> like it just you know it's just but yeah Chaz is just taking the record deal i mean i would have taken well, the record deal when it got to where they're trying to with the um i think a funny scene was the when they're making their list of demands <laughs> cheese helmet. And um naked photos of B. I remember that from oh. the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> naked pictures of B. Arthur. Like that is who I don't know I who asked for that? Who asked for that specifically? I think Steve Buscemi just put it on there. <laughs> and it, and sadly for the whole insanity thing, right? Yeah. yeah they asked right, for like right. the and they asked for a, a PRS and Oddly enough, anytime I hear, I think of you, Matt, for some reason. I think it's because you're the first person <laughs> I knew to own one. And then I found out how expensive they were. And I'm like, Jesus, did you knock over like a bank? To get <laughs> so expensive. But like you say, I own a PRS with a dragon inlay. <laughs> if we're, um, and they found that thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> for that, yeah, in that we're scene, um, <laughs> when they said they, like, uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Rex, wanted, like, again, we want a, a record contract. And I guess it's seeing that as like, well, that's what they wanted all along. Yeah. Of course, that's at the top of the list or wherever it was on the list. But Chaz like kind of resisted that. But and it, you, it's a very like, I don't know if there was more was mentioned about it, but about the like solicitation thing. Yeah, and which was a thing back then. Yeah, but it's still it's something that you kind of forgot about later in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that's I don't know what that what that would actually mean if if they got a record contract by is the solic- is the soliciting means like they asked for a record contract and they got one and well, not soliciting means someone heard what they did heard their demo or whatever and wanted to sign them that's not soliciting. Well, so, like, whenever back then, like, you couldn't just walk into a, a record company and drop off material and solicit. Like, you had to have representation. So, essentially, you need a manager to represent you or an agent or something to represent you to submit that music. And I can't remember. Maybe you know, uh, Matter Kevin, why. I want to think there's, like, legal reasons behind it. But, like, record companies will not. That's why he turned around like, this is a hot potato. Like, I can't take this. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have solicitation. Now the game has completely changed because you've got digital distribution and all that stuff, and there's so many ways to get yourself out there that, you know, 
you'd almost have to be blind and deaf to not hear unsolicited music. Like everyone does have a manager. I don't have a manager. Um, but you know, someone could still hear my music and if they wanted to sign me, they could, but back then it was just different. And I, and I don't know the exact reasons why behind it. I, I but I do think it is something legal, um, that could get you in trouble if you don't, you know, if you break the rule. Yeah. All right. So um, somehow they just, I mean, I guess, I mean, and, and I don't know like the legal ramifications of, of this record deal of him just bringing down a record deal and just being able to sign them sight unseen or sight unheard, you know, <laughs> like never heard you. We're just going to sign you. Um, but it was, it was very interesting because I think then at this point of the movie is when you kind of start to see the record industry rear its ugly head in terms of what sorts of things, like when you sign on that dotted line, and we've talked about read your contract many a times, but like when you sign on that dotted line, they're excited to get the deal. And then he calls in the stage. You're going to like, they're thinking they're going to do a concert. They get up there on stage and their instruments are plugged in. They're expected to lip sync. It's a video shoot. Yes. A video shoot essentially. And he tells them, this is when he bears his fangs. He's like, shut up and do what you're told. (laughs) And it's just Mm -hmm. like, that's when I think Chaz realizes like, I don't know if I want this. Like, like when you get a record, yeah, you're essentially an employee when you get that record contract. Like, yeah. At a certain point, maybe you can get big enough to call your own shots, but you ain't doing that on the first deal, buddy. Like you're not like in the first deal, you're unproven. You've not made them any money. You do it. You know, you're an employee. You do what they say or we can drop you. And he didn't like it and he didn't want to do it. And they started trashing and he destroys that really nice list. Um, not less Paul PRS that he got. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And the guy. So, I mean, this is the line I always heard you say, Kevin, when he's like. He's like, you didn't even listen to our demo. For all you know, it could be Pip um, farting on the drums. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't farting on no snare drum. <laughs> and he just says it with all the innocence. He's like, I ain't farting on no snare drum. <laughs> um, but I felt like that's when it kind of got a little. It kind of got a little dark until they broke the tension and started trashing the stage because it was just like, this is what you wanted. <laughs> like, you finally got at it. That point. Yeah, you finally got what mm-hmm. you wanted and. You know, the grass ain't always greener and, you know, and and what's, what's even funnier now is like how much is known about the record industry to where like a lot of people don't even really want record deals anymore because you find out like, you know, about advances and recoupables oh. and. <laughs> Hold on, guys. The, the, Matt? The, yeah, the app just crashed. So um, in a second, we're going to bring Matt back. He just texted me too. He's bringing Matthew back. Yep. That's what he gets for farting on that snare drum. <laughs> Fart, ain't farting on no snare drum. <laughs> okay, I was waiting the whole movie for that line. <laughs> and he's back. <laughs> hey. I'm going to bring yeah, you back. I was waiting the else. whole movie to hear that line, though. <laughs> it's all the way at the end. Yeah, I was just like, who? Where where is it? Where is it? Come on, where is it? <laughs> All right, hold on a second. I'm gonna reset the cameras here. <laughs> well, at least this Did time. Did someone take some... the fan out of the server room? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the stream is back, and um, we didn't cross streams, did we? 
<laughs> we got two Ghostbusters in this yeah. movie. <laughs> That'd be a smidge messy. All right, we are. Like you explode, right? If that happens, is that what we're saying? Like you'll combust or something in the movie? I can't remember. I forget. It's been a long <laughs> time. So Matt would know this. Matt, what would what I know? What happens when you cross the streams? Oh, I wish I knew the real answer. <laughs> I remember you dressed up. I still remember that. You dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween once, and it was awesome. Yeah. And you played Yeah, my sh- sister, I think, bought me that <clears throat> costume. You played Had a the show. Had the blow up a, yeah. a proton pack. <laughs> yeah. Like, we all dressed up. He shows up at that. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's pictures out there, too, of you in your Ghostbusters outfit. Probably. Playing guitar. It was pretty cool. <laughs> With your PRS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Um, I guess we've gotten to the point where they uh, find out the gun's not real. Oh, that scene then, was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Beach, which is uh, Michael Richards' character, was handed a gun earlier. And when he comes in, he has the band cornered. And then Ian knocks the gun out of Beach's hands and the gun goes off. For like a solid 30 seconds. <laughs> like just like shooting, yeah. just do, 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 like all around. <laughs> And the SWAT team was about to uh, about to breach, but then they pull it back. Um, and uh, Reggie Kathy made me laugh. They say it's a fake. It's a fake. <laughs> he starts running out <laughs> shouting. Uh, Ian picks up the gun after it goes off and hands it to Chaz. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> He I'm going on, off man. the wiki yeah. here. I don't. I, I, I have got, no idea what's going on. He's got nothing else going on for him at that point. Yeah, he believes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's lost his job. He's burnt out on a job that he's just lost. This hostage situation is only. I mean, I guess it's reinvigorating him. Yeah, it's the most rock and roll thing. Yeah, he probably sees himself in Chaz a little bit more than he probably wants to. You know, mm-hmm. you know the other weird thing when I watched that scene last night is you see be. Beach's arm come out of the vent, and it got me to thinking. Other than a quick scene with Michael McKeon earlier in the movie, he has no scenes where he's visible with anybody else in the movie. It's true. Hmm. He, he's always just in the vents. Yeah. Yeah. Getting lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they planned it that way. I, I don't know if there's a name for that kind of character mm-hmm. where they're they're an integral part of the film, mm-hmm. but they don't have any, any scenes or many scenes with the rest of the cast or with anybody in the rest of the cast. Yeah. But you know, there's always like intercut with them doing something man inside. <laughs> I just feel like maybe they brought them in last minute, you know, at the height of, you know, that's Seinfeld, not a bad, maybe, yeah. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. So they, it was just a, like a, a last kind of, kind of thrown yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, cause he runs off right as everything starts. Mm-hmm. He's in the vents the whole time. The most interaction he has is with the dude like who's complaining about his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's and that's, over, that's something you could have. Yeah, that's something you could have easily like shot afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, he has mm. he has the hemorrhoid scene with Michael McKean, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> that was at the very beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So I'm just going off the wiki here. Uh, also, so when Jimmy Wing comes in, that's Judd Nelson's character. Uh, 
comes to the station, offers a contract, and they reluctantly agree to the deal knowing they have no more options, like yeah. you were just talking about. And he arranges for an entire stage and sound system to be airlifted to the roof where they will play their song for the for the crowd. It looks like a CGI shot, too, when they bring it in the stage. But I was like, I don't <laughs> think they really had CGI back then, so... That would have been very, very expensive. Maybe a miniature. Probably miniature. Yeah, yeah, probably a miniature. Yeah, that'd be oh, like, like um, they did that with something. That, they did that with a lot of movies back then. Yeah, that'd have been a very expensive CGI shot just for one scene. They did it with Die Hard. <laughs> they did. I'm pretty sure when like the car when they shoot the rocket out the window at that like tank thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was all miniatures. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying CGI. I was like, I didn't think there was CGI in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, the miniatures. In the 80s. <laughs> so they find out the only the PA is real and everything else are props, and they refuse to lip sync to their tape, and then they destroy the instruments. It looked like he didn't even play anything because, like, the first thing that Brendan Fraser does is jump up and try to strum his guitar, and it looked awkward as hell when he was doing it. Um <laughs> And it just looked like like all the equipment looked like overkill. There was like it looked like there were like six Marshall amps behind him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't need and not like speakers, like legit six amps, like speaker and head. Yeah, um, that's how it used to be, man. Stacks, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to, <laughs> walls of them. I wanted walls. To, <laughs> all airlifted by the there same was, helicopter. It's like it's, <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's well known now. Was was it Ozzy or maybe it was like ACDC? One of them has, you know, like five double full stacks of walls of these, but they're like cardboard. They're yeah. all oh, that's they're, sad. They're empty cabinets now, yeah. What? Yeah. There's an isolated cabinet backstage these days. Oh, come on. Yeah, so is everything you see on stage hear, is nothing. Protect this hearing, whoever it is. Part of it, yeah. Well, I yeah. guess, yeah, 20, 30 but years. But it's just a nightmare to mic that kind of sound. Yeah. Um, now there, there is a scene I remember from watching this on pay-per-view when I was like 11, 12 years old. And that is when Chaz is given the contract and then he wipes his ass with it. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> kind of gross, but hilarious. Wipes his own ass with this contract. <laughs> Who is this guy? And then he gives it back to him and he holds it. Yeah, he takes yes. it. Like, the hell is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> holds, holds it up close to his face. <laughs> so gross. I was looking for shit stains. <laughs> yeah, so was I. <laughs> I was like, are there any? Because so I, I didn't realize what he was doing at first. And then I was like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> he gave it back to God, me. He really digs in there, too. He, yeah. he got in there. He really got in there. Um, so, uh, as you said, they destroyed the instruments and they stage dive. And then I thought they weren't going to get caught. <laughs> I was halfway hoping they would just hit the ground. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> that was, but I'm, I'm credits. Yeah, I'm dark. Just I'm dark. Um, well, so one scene to kind of go back a bit because I thought this was an interesting scene, and something that I don't know how it goes today. So when he goes outside, and. Um, the SWAT guy thinks he's got him, and he's like, you used to be a nerd. You used oh. to play D&D and all this stuff. He has to explain who he is. And then the Chester. one black dude with dreads like, I play D&D. And I'm like, didn't a lot of people back then, though, like, who play rock music? Secretly. Yeah, yeah. like, like, ooh, you got me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then Lemmy's like, I was 
editor of the high school yearbook. And it took me a second. I was like, is that Lemmy? Yes. Like, they're just talking about him. Like, this is this is very he, he meta. He crops up several times in the movie. Well, his picture at the beginning. Is in yeah. Valentine Records. The opening track is a Motorhead song. Oh, was it? Yes. I don't with, think I noticed. Um, uh, Born to Raise Hell? Yes, with That's Ice-T and Whitfield Crane from, um, oh, what band was he in? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Ugly Kid Joe. Ugly Kid Joe. Ice yeah. T, the genre chameleon. Um, <laughs> so another Ice T connection with a, another one of her. Same <laughs> universe as, as Breaking the, One and Two. Yeah, this movie's actually in the Breaking universe. They're all out in LA. Are they all in the Die Hard universe? Mm. We can make a YouTube video. We can so make we can, this happen. Yeah. We can, we can make, make this add up. O'Malley makes all the money, so it gets to say. <laughs> O'Malley so we'll say it's and, the Die Hard um, universe, yes. O'Malley <laughs> and, and, and Reginald Johnson are friends. That's yeah. that's how you can They're probably it. neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> they live across it's the street like, from each other. <laughs> rough day today, O'Malley. Yeah, man. Some kids took over a radio station. <laughs> it's nothing like your Nakatomi thing, but it was still pretty rough. <laughs> Yes, we can we can make this happen somehow. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a funny scene. Like he's like, well, I guess he thought he had him, and he's like, nah. We're well, who nerds. was it? Who was the guy? I keep thinking it was the the cop, the Adam Sandler friend that was like, I used to masturbate constantly. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, that was stuttering John Melendez. Yeah. From the uh, Howard Stern. Oh show yeah, he is. On the That's Tonight right. Show. He is. He is credited as constant masturbating rocker. but the uh lemmy thing the i was editor of the high school magazine he was oh he was was. that was a real uh confession there nice (laughs) yeah he is credited as school magazine editor rocker uh rich wilkes who wrote the screenplay is corduroy pants rocker i wore corduroy (laughs) pants okay Um, Isn't Lemmy credited as Lemmy Von Motorhead or something though? Uh, oh, it just says yeah, it, as Lemmy Von story. Motorhead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm looking at the wiki. It, oh, okay. it just had his name. Yeah, in the, in the movie it says here, school newspaper rocker as Lemmy Von Motorhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are seen next playing uh, in prison. <laughs> uh, <the> All orange. <laughs> Concert being shown on MTV. Ian is their manager. Says the band will start touring in six months or three months if they behave themselves. Privilege. So one thing. (laughs) Privilege. I thought that um, the two black guys who were sitting in the front when they were playing we're going to beat up Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. He starts humping his bass. <laughs> he starts humping his bass, and they're looking at him like, and I think, like, Adam Sandler's like, dude, chill. Like, Calm <laughs> what down. are you doing, man? What are you doing, man? <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty funny, though. And then the final text says, uh, the Lone Ranger served three months for kidnapping, theft, and assault with hot pepper sauce. <laughs> See, privilege. And then with their <laughs> album Live in Prison going triple platinum. Which would not happen today. <laughs> no. You release a single. <laughs> it would be called Degenerate Live from Prison. And it'd be on Spotify. It might get three million streams. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But that, that that does the the math, I guess, <clears throat> uh I, I think it would be like they sold two hundred thousand. If it was just yeah, a million be, yeah. streams or something like that, you'd have to. Um, 
I'm I'm trying to think of how you market. <laughs> like if they killed somebody, the streams might go up. You know. Yeah. Like the time in jail goes up, but like you know the streams. Um. Yeah. Everybody is worth a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't buy that kind of publicity, dude. As stated, though, as he said, like um, rock stars don't go to jail. <laughs> Vince Neil killed somebody. In Vince Neil killed a guy. Thirty days, and he really did. I looked it up. I think it was fifteen days. Actually, is all yeah. he did. Um, did I tell you I brought that up once on a YouTube comment, and some guy replied, "Dude, that happened thirty years or fifteen years ago. Let it go." <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So okay. They were talking about something, and I was like, hey, let's not forget Vince Neil killed a guy and spent less than 30 days in jail. And he's like, man, that happened so long ago. Let it go. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the comment section of a Reddit thread when they're talking about Chris Brown. Because if you bring <laughs> yep. anyone else up, <laughs> it's just like, we get it. We know it. He, like, you know, and you'll have people in there who will say that, like, hey, you know, Charlie Sheen gave some AIDS. And they're just like, whatever. I mean, like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay, I mean, hey, I thought we were just, you know, talking about bad people, but hey, you know. Um, <laughs> just a little AIDS. So some... Uh, <laughs> just a little AIDS. Just a little, just a little bit. It's uh, not a death sentence anymore, guys. <laughs> Actually, I was watching the, um, if anyone watched the Netflix show Sex Education. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I like that show a lot. It's a, it's I think a it's good hilarious. show. Julian Anderson did that, right? I, I yeah. I watched yeah. a little bit of it. It's a good show. It just reminds me of the scene where, um, like, there's a and there the new season because I I watched the all the new episodes that just came out. Yeah. And yeah. there's a scene where they um, basically they have a new principal and she I didn't I knew she looked familiar. She was on the show Girls on oh, HBO. I, I haven't seen that one. Okay, but she plays the new principal. And she's trying to change. She changes everything. They have to wear uniforms now. And then the sex education has been changed to uh, they're preaching abstinence, basically. Oh. And and they had the, they had the boys and the girls <laughs> separated. And then the girls had to hear about this woman who like went through all this <laughs> shit because she got pregnant. It's like, and now you're gonna watch my birth video. And they, <laughs> but the best, she's like, now you get to watch a video where I rip my vagina to my asshole. <laughs> That's what she said. Whoa! <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. Kendra and I watched the first few episodes. It wasn't bad. It just it wasn't my cup of tea. But I I'm, I have. It's, it's hard I, for me I to thought watch it was TV really shows. good. Uh, I also they're... really like British shows. I think their humor is really good. She pulls off yeah. a pretty good accent too, Julian Anderson. Well, she lived she in British. London for a long time. Oh, she did. She yeah, she is British. She was a kid. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and she does a really good American accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but there's a scene where like after like after that, uh, and there everyone's all the students are mortified from what they had to deal with. <laughs> But they actually like one of the one of the teachers kind of like in passing like uh, you should go see a, an actual uh, an actual professional about these things and so they they go and do that and one of the um, one of the students uh, he it, he's gay and he's been having sex with his boyfriend this whole time and everything but then he's being told about prep and and how to protect themselves and he and he had already his face was swollen 
um, to find mm-hmm. out he's allergic to strawberry condoms or something like that. Whoa. It was something like uh, weird like that. But, you know, it's AIDS is un, can be undetectable if you take care of yourself. Yeah, um, I found so um, you can actually literally say just a little bit, a little bit. Of AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's not there. Uh, no. <laughs> well, all you need is what? Uh, it, um, it doesn't exactly work like that, but yeah. All you need to be is a billionaire. What did they say on South Park about Magic Johnson? Oh, oh, I was just I someone else. Like, all you need to be is a billionaire or something like they, that. They cured it with cash. With cash. <laughs> <laughs> they put uh, cash in a blender. And <laughs> just drink it. <laughs> so um, some a little bit uh, more trivia about the film. Uh I don't know which bar scene. I guess it could have been either one. Metallica, Cannibal Corpse, and Testament were approached, but they declined. Uh, hmm. Either as the Sons of Thunder or the second band, which was actually White Zombie. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think Cannibal Corpse was lined up to do it, but they uh, just came off of uh, Ace Ventura, where they pretty much did almost the same scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that okay, so, so that they, was that was Cannibal Corpse in yeah. that one. Okay. I'm so sorry. That happened. I guess the producers of this movie realized Red or white. we can't just copy that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh the song from White Zombie it was an original song and there were re recordings of songs from Motorhead and Primus. Um the song Degenerated, which was by by the Lone Rangers. It's actually a song by Reagan Youth. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, me uh, an 80s punk band. Um, well, I guess if you want to spend time like trying to write an original song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was uh, Cameron Crowe, he would have. Cameron Crowe, <laughs> <laughs> he would write a bunch of songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know which version would be known more, their version or the one that appeared in the movie. Uh, I, and look in looking up when I put up a, a video that we were going to do an episode about this. Uh, on Instagram, we're picking a song like for your background or whatever. It had the one from the soundtrack, so mm-hmm. um, I think the other one was there, but mm-hmm. it was both. So both versions were were on there. Um, and Brendan Fraser did sing that song. Oh, really? That's him singing. Yes, it's. I say uh, it sounded like him. It is him, and the band playing it is actually three quarters of White Zombie. Oh, that's even awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the, the studio band for the recording. Jay. Jay Younger. Jay Younger and Sean. Usalt. Usalt. Okay, that's how that's pronounced. Yeah. But they they accompany Brendan Fraser's vocal mm-hmm. rendition. So, yeah. And they, uh, Jay Younger and Brian Colstrom <laughs> produced it produce that version of it mm-hmm. uh so this the budget was 11.2 million <laughs> I, i'm not sure how yeah it seems high <laughs> it seems high that, for that, what it is that stage was expensive <laughs> <laughs> eight million dollar stage <laughs> half of that went towards that guitar and all, all the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the dragon inlay yeah that's, all of that kind of so cheese. like five million of it went to the guitar the, another five million went to the uh, airlifting 
miniatures. <laughs> Did I tell you I saw one of those dragon inlays at the Guitar Center Atlanta once when I was in high school? Really? How much was it? It was it was used, mm-hmm. and it was still twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Maybe I need to take a radio station hostage. Twelve thousand. Oh my! And that was in like two thousand. <laughs> and uh, used. Yeah. And used. It grossed uh, five point eight million domestically. <laughs> so this is considered Such a, a tragedy. flop. God, it's so good. <laughs> no, it's it is it is good. It's why we'll never see a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to. This is from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critical consensus states there's a biting satire that keeps threatening to burst out of the well-cast airheads, but unfortunately, the end result <laughs> lives down to its title in the most unfortunate ways. Oh, that sounds like an insult. <laughs> uh, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone gave the film a rare positive review, saying Frazier and Buscemi are deadpan delights, and Sandler... Opera Man on SNL, I guess that's what he was known for at the time, uh, is a red hot screen find. Uh, I know you were discussing like who became like the biggest star out of the cast. Would it be Adam Sandler or would you think it was? So Kevin does make a good point here. So if you're thinking of most celebrated versus most successful, like people would probably say Steve Buscemi's career is more critically acclaimed for the work that he did. Um, but in terms of just onward success and stuff, I mean, it's probably got to be Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. I mean, he ruled the nineties, got his own studio with Billy Madison productions. Um, not meeting. Was it Billy Madison? I mean, and it's still was, going. I mean, he's happy still making Madison. happy Madison. Yeah. Happy Madison productions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's got the deal with Netflix. Now he's yeah. still making yeah. movies with all of his friends, right? They just go on vacation. Yeah. He chooses the most expensive <laughs> locations and just, Hey, you want to, he just basically is getting all of his SNL friends. It's like, yeah. Hey, you want to go do whatever he does? Like, well, I'm already getting 20 million for it. So I'll just do whatever I yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs> and Netflix is just like paying out the nose. <laughs> To just bring in like David Spade and Chris Rock and <laughs> what's weird is that I guess um <laughs> maybe it was like whoever was behind the scenes kind of let down like the the cast because there's so much talent in it. Um Michael Lehman re- directed it. He's his best known movie out of I what from what I see here is Heathers. Um you maybe could also say Forty Days and Forty Nights. Um, was that oh. the one with um with Josh Hartnett? Josh Hartnett. Oh, right? okay. I was thinking Chance of um, that's Fifty First Dates. I was thinking of yeah, Forty Days and Forty Nights. See, that was that was a pretty good movie. He also directed oh. uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, I've the, got that on my heart. I've been meaning to watch that film. The Truth About Cats and Dogs, and Hudson My Hawk. Giant. Well, that was Janine Garofalo, Garofalo, right? Yeah, right. The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Yeah, and My yeah. Giant is the one with Billy Crystal and George, George Murison. Murison. Oh man! <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Wow, um, good he got in that movie because he didn't have a great career. You know, no, he was like seven, what seven, seven six? foot six. Yeah, dude was huge. Well, I mean, he has the the problem that anybody that tall has. What bad hands, bad feet? They have they have foot problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they're not meant to be running up and down a course. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to Yao Ming. Ming basically. Yeah. Shout out to Yao Ming, man. <laughs> um, and this was written by Rich Wilkes, who was I said the corduroy pants guy. 
Triple X. He also wrote Triple X. <laughs> he co-wrote the Jerky Boys. Oh. Um, <laughs> I can see that. Does anybody remember he, that? He uh he co-wrote The Dirt, the movie about uh Motley Crue that's on Netflix. I feel like that's oh. that's gotta be an episode uh, one day. Um <laughs> and he co-wrote uh well, he gets credit as a the right the creator of the characters for Triple X State of the Union and Return of Xander Cage. Uh Bulletproof Two, which I guess is the sequel to the movie with Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler. Um <laughs> Yeah. They made a buddy cop film? Yeah, in like yeah. nineteen ninety six. Oh. Used to be on yeah. TBS like all the time. Always. <laughs> huh. Uh, <my> collection. <laughs> So it just seemed like they just gave some dues uh, <laughs> the the the, the reins for this film. Um, so I guess the the film can be looked at as the the uh, said the beginning of the end of the of rock radio, uh, the DJ having any say in what is played on the air, and also changes what is like how an artist can get themselves uh, mm-hmm. signed or, or known or, you know, because and we've had an episode about this, about artists just doing it themselves, like yeah. doing all the branding and the marketing and because with the internet, since this is, you could say it's basically pre-internet, like right before the internet, mm-hmm. um, how, uh, how artists can use that to, um, to get their song out there. I mean that's essentially what Lil Nas X did. I mean, yeah. like he, he, you know, record wrote the song, recorded the song, made all the memes, you know, made the yeehaw thing a thing, and just basically just sat back and and then it takes off. See on TikTok. what happens, yeah. And and I mean, it's almost kind of like rather than go to a record company, that's almost what you kind of do now, because the record companies that we've seen, there's enough people out there talking about what a record company will do to you <laughs> and why you don't want to <laughs> sign with a record company. And cause I mean, like, could you imagine if he had signed with somebody and this was the nineties and you know, maybe they do find out that he's gay and they're like, the world's not ready for a gay rapper and they shelve him. Yeah. And th- that's what they, there's like, Hey, we, you know, we're not prepared to shell out a bunch of money for you to go out here and fail. And they just shelve mm-hmm. him and we never hear from him. So yeah, it's, Looking back on this movie, that's probably the most interesting thing. You just see that like record companies were the gatekeepers, so to speak. Uh, one, I guess, character, one of the actors that we didn't really mention was Chris Farley. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Actually, Officer Wilson. Improvise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that. Uh, this was this was a pretty straight. I don't know if it was one of his first films, but it seemed like it was like pretty straightforward. Like, okay, he's the buy the book cop, and um, he's gonna be put into some unique situations. It wasn't the the physical comedy that he would be known for. Literally, like a year later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of feel like he was yeah. under underused. I think he that's why I feel like it was like this had to be one of his first edition. films. Okay, it was his and Sandler's one of their first films. Um, I think Sandler had one straight the video thing before this, but it was his first. Well, this was film. Uh, looking at Chris Farley's filmography. This was his 
fourth film. Oh. He only did 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in Wayne's World, oh, then yeah. Coneheads, and then Wayne's World 2. Coneheads. And then Airheads. I remember him like, oh, so oh. Coneheads is like. He played the boyfriend, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the boyfriend yeah. of Coneheads. Classic. Um, so, yeah, he. Um, this was one of his early. Early. Uh, his early <laughs> roles, one of his earliest roles. Um, and then for Adam Sandler, I think it was. Uh, this was his fourth movie. He was also in Coneheads. Was he? And his first movie was something called Going Overboard. Yes. <laughs> I've seen Never that movie that. in like. <clears throat> I've, in the days of Blockbuster, I remember yes. seeing that remember movie seeing in there the and gallery. never reading <laughs> The movie gallery. And just thinking, oh, man, you I went don't want to spend $3 on that. <laughs> <laughs> Even and it was at the, the height of his comedy popularity. I yeah. Know. They, there were several copies of Going Overboard. Mm-hmm. In just stores. that goofy <laughs> picture of him. I can see it in my head of, on him. Just him on the cover. <laughs> um. So yeah, when, this was one of his earliest roles too. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brendan, I think so. Clearly, Brendan Fraser was the. I'm sure this was after Encino Man. Yes. And uh, <laughs> um, I feel like Polly Shore was considered to be in this. Because I, I think that. this was so. This was John Cusack, which I don't know how this works with John Cusack as the lead. No, oh, when you said work. that, like, I said, oh, he would have been the DJ. No, he was considered for for Chaz. Chaz, yeah. Yeah, no, he would not be a good Chaz. No. No. I can't see that. Polly Shore, I think, would have maybe have been too silly. I think he could have and and I hate to think about it, but could have possibly pay, played the Adam Sandler role, maybe. I was thinking that's the, exact that's the only thing. role I think he could have. Yeah, he would have co- sillied it up a little the, bit more. Yeah, the silly or or David belief. Arquette's role, but I was that, say, yeah, I was David too, yeah. that would have been considered too small at the time, for like Paul, where his for the weasel. where his status he was. was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, off a of son-in-law and jury duty. That man had a string of hits in the army now. In, in the, the army, army now, now. yeah. <laughs> I have seen all shows. I was a huge Biodome. You seen that too? Yeah. Oh, Stephen Baldwin from Biodome. That's what I love about about this movie. And Biodome fits in that same segment of just those dumb movie gallery rentals that you you pick up not knowing what to expect. And I remember. I, I caught that skate, skate, skate thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I, oh I hope God. I still have that on my computer somewhere or one of my hard drives. Cause that's, I have it on CD because oh, I bought really? like the best of the morning X when those all out. Nice. Because there was one skit on there that I loved. It was the dude that went to the like, guitar center and wouldn't stop playing the guitar incredibly loud Ooh. and then like screaming into the PAs to test them out. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the funniest kids I ever heard Morning X do, so I bought that whole CD. Can you can you rip a copy of that and send it to me? Yeah, yeah, I just gotta find it. Real, uh, okay. I think it's in my garage, but yeah, yeah this quite possibly one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> um, incredibly ingenious, but yeah. yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, so that will uh, I guess I'll do it for our discussion about Airheads. Um, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Um, uh, if you have the, if you subscribe to the Showtime part of it of Amazon Video, yeah. of the Prime Video, um, 
but I got the free trial, so I gotta I gotta end it after this show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, this came from an album that I did not realize was ten years old, and some It'll people happen. may not some people may not realize this. Uh, Patrick Stump made a solo album, and it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um. It's 10 years old? It is 10 years old. Jeez. So that happened oh right God. after Infinity on High then. Yeah. In between Infinity on High and um, Folia Duh. And I oh, think uh, when I first found out about his uh, solo project, I think Ben, you sent me a video of like him making the album yeah, like in his playing room. Everything. He played he all wants the to instruments. Be so bad, dude. Yeah. He wants to be. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's there's some of the songs I like. Like you said, it, yeah, it's not really bad. not bad. Uh, this song, um, the, the reading the lyrics, I, it felt like he was describing like, and it was one of the lyrics. Uh, it was basically describing like any movie, any movie in the '80s that had Bruce Willis or Mel Gibson in it. Um, and there's, there's a bomb somewhere and they got to stop it uh, but in reading Thanks. about it the song is about uh, anxiety so uh, it's it's called Explode and uh, I'm going to play it right now it's playing so this is Explode by Patrick Stump and we'll be right back Explode by Patrick Stump. 
from his now 10 year old album <laughs> soul punk yeah i forget yeah he was i i will say i will give him credit for this though he kind of did see where emo and a lot of that scene was kind of going because it got a lot of it got way more electronic and them their albums included yeah um and i wouldn't be surprised if like within fallout boy he was pushing for that and they probably were like no man no man until like you know i guess the writing was on the wall and then they came out with save rock and roll and it was they got butch walker in there to produce it and it was just so different um but yeah it's always interesting to go back and listen to that album especially since he he played and produced everything too yeah um he uh yeah he he was the, his own engineer he played all the instruments and i think he was like playing with he was like he kept like popping up at shows with the roots too for some reason like in like really? trying to sing yeah like i know like they i remember like i was i came back i think this is when you and i were living together matt and i came to i went to my uh, parents house and they were showing some rally at dc and like the roots are playing like is that bobby will Mac song if you think you're lonely now and mm. patrick something just pops up and starts singing it hmm. and like he's dressed in like like a vest like he looks like he's out of like the prohibition era and and he's up there singing i'm just like what in the hell uh that's when i was like he wants to be prince that's what he wants to be like playing all the instruments singing soul music yeah he just that's what he likes that's what he likes it's very funny well that will bring us to the end of this particular episode um kevin thank you for joining us uh if you want people to find you where can they find you at my house (laughs) <laughs> All right, so if you have Kevin's address, that's where he will be. <laughs> uh, Matt, where can people find you if you want to be found? Instagram at Matthew double underscore Vaughn. All right, and you'll see that in the show notes. Um, I think it's uh, appropriate to end the show with uh, uh, the song Degenerated. By the Lone Rangers. <laughs> I thought there was going to be like some, it was like, you know, like we talked about the last episode, Art House, some Art House explanation <laughs> of, of, their of name. the name. And that never, that never came to be. So, uh, all right, we got it playing. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.